What is up, YouTube? Welcome into another edition of Bucky and BK Live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the Texas Sports Unfiltered app. It is Monday, September 18th, 2023, and the Buck and I will be taking you all the way until 10 o'clock, recapping week three of the college football season and week two of the NFL season, which of course culminates tonight with a couple of Monday night football games plenty of texas longhorn conversation plenty of dallas cowboys conversation we'll talk about the texans we'll go around the big 12 we'll talk tons of national college football and nfl storylines as well as we are jam-packed to open up another week of texas sports unfiltered what's going on buck i am doing fantastic how about you my friend happy new year to you thank you very much happy jew year to you as well i'm sure you spent a lot of time in temple over the weekend I spent a lot of time going past temples this weekend. That's what I did. Uh, thank you for your support right there. We appreciate you. Yeah, we could feel your presence driving by the synagogue, and that made uh, my prayer a lot more enjoyable. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's part Baptist you are since you spend so much time in temple. It's like going yeah. to a Baptist church for about five hours on a Sunday. Uh, they you don't give us any work crackers. In. You put yeah. your work in. We did. We put the work in. It's the Jewish New Year, one of the high holy days for uh, for my people. So a lot of time in temple. The family's in town. It was uh, it was really good. How about you? How was your weekend? It was good, man. I, I rested up. I'm still on on leave from a lot of activity, but it is Monday. So the activity starts back up. I get right back into the thick of things. Got a golf, got golf this weekend. Not laying back. Time to get the after all the wonderful rain that I brought upon you people. Now it's time to get ready to get the gardens ready now. I, 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 don't, I don't think we'll see those 100-degree temperatures any longer. We're really? Done. Yeah, we're done. Okay, I'm fine with that. Now, I am pretty certain that it didn't just rain on the Jewish people this weekend. I think it <laughs> rained on everybody in Central yes. Texas. Yes, it did. I can't make it stop. I was going to make it start, but I can't help you folks. That That's past my pay grade. Remember, mm. I'm just the co-pilot. I'm You're the rain man. You're not, not the, the sun man. man. You're not the wind man. You're not nope. the snow man. You're the rain man. You can only make it rain. Yes, but it, it, it ended up being a really nice Saturday for for college football and uh, you know for for everyone. It was it was a, it was a nice Saturday for over a hundred thousand at DKR, and it looked it looked fantastic. The fans were into it, and all over college football for kind of week three or two and a half, it it looked like there was a lot of fun to be had. And, a lot of close games, a lot of things happening over the weekend. And then the NFL was spectacular, too. But let me say good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us all over this wide, wide world. Thank you so very much for what you do. It is appreciated. Thank you very, very much. All right, Buck. We got to start with the story today that I think you're going to really, really enjoy. So, Give it to me. Let's go. So it involves what you just said. Your opening statement on this show every morning where you say good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, and all of yes. the soldiers all over the world. So get this. So I mentioned it. My folks were in town this weekend celebrating the Jewish New Year with uh, me and a couple of sisters. And they were driving from Galveston to Austin late Friday night. They're taking 290, and they get pulled over in Giddings, Texas. We're going 10 miles over the speed limit. Yeah, we're trying to get to Temple. We're trying to, we're humping it up in here. Yeah, I got it. I don't, I hope my parents weren't humping in the car. I don't, <laughs> okay. I don't think that's what was going on. Okay. There. 
So my mom's driving, but the officer, you know, goes up to the window and he introduces himself and he says, good evening. I am Officer Cavazos, um, you know, license and registration, standard stuff. Right. And he takes my parents' license and registration, goes back to his car, does his thing, then walks back up to my parents' car. And my dad, my dad's semi-retired. He's got a lot of time on his hands. And he's also a rabbit holer. Like, if he hears something that he thinks could be interesting, he starts doing some research. So my dad, because he listens every day, yeah, he hears you say good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, every day, and he knows formerly, that it used to be formerly, called formerly Fort Hood, Texas. He knows that it used to be called Fort, Fort Hood, and he's like, okay, well, let me do some research on Fort Cavazos. This is just random. Like this is a couple of weeks ago. He's looking up Cavazos, and Cavazos has one of the most illustrious military resumes of all time. Like this dude did so many incredible things for our U.S. Army, and my dad was like just rabbit holing on this guy one night. And he did a lot of research and learned a lot from this dude. So my dad, being the schmoozer that he is, there you go, is like, oh, you said Cavazos. Is there any chance you're related to the retired U.S. General Richard Cavazos? And my dad said the officer lit up. That was it, huh? And he's like, that's my great uncle. I love that guy. And they were going back. It's like the two in the morning when my parents get pulled over. Oh, my they're goodness. Going, they're going back and forth for like 10 minutes about all that this guy did in the military. And he didn't even give my parents a warning. Like, no ticket, no warning. Get they're out just of chopping here. It up and he's like, oh, you guys are the best. Y'all have a great night. And wow. he let my parents go. So they told me to thank you this morning because you basically got them out of a ticket by saying good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos every day. And, uh, yeah, because of that, my dad knew who Cavazos was, and he was able to get out of a speeding ticket late Friday night. So absolutely, one of the, Absolutely. One of the most fascinating places you'll ever be to go up to Fort Cavazos and take the tour and did a show up there uh, last year or the year before we were up at uh, – when I was in that place that threw me out, you know, out of the door and stuff and took my key and everything else. And took my money and still have some of my money. Uh, yeah, we went I, We went up there and did a show. It was fabulous. Just an incredible installation. The largest military, largest army base in the world. I mean, it is five cities unto itself. And just a great place and great people there. And just, it's an amazing place. BK, I, I, if you ever, and I don't, I don't know if they just let anybody. They used to let just anybody come and tour. But I don't know if they do that any, anymore at the, at the, uh, installations all over our country but if you go there you'll meet the most fascinating people men and women that you've ever ever met and there are so many kids i mean our mil our volunteer military we've got so many kids involved in our military you know 18 years old or i mean they're just so young but it's 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 it was a dynamic trip i'd love to do it with you sometime let you see what that place is like it'd be fascinating for us to take our entire show up there for a day would be would be magnificent so, you, so, you, so your family got out of that ticket and they, they, didn't, they didn't have to use the uh, a championship ring to bang on the side of the car so that the officer looks at it. Dude, Good job. My, my family's related to me. We don't have any championship rings, okay? But your dad gonna... smoothed them in, huh? Yeah, he was able to smooth Officer Cavazos away wow. giving my folks a ticket. So, yeah, figured you'd uh, you'd get a kick out That's of that awesome. story. All right, let's dive into the football from the weekend. We'll start, of course, with the Texas Longhorns. They improved to 3-0. and with a 31-10 to 10 victory over Wyoming, it was a pretty lethargic performance 
for Texas through three quarters. Matter of fact, the game was tied at 10 after three quarters, but the Longhorns turned it on in the final 15 minutes, outscoring Wyoming 21 to nothing en route to that three touchdown victory. So obviously a lot to dive into. Buck, I will give you the first word. What were your big takeaways from the Longhorns victory on Saturday night? There was a hangover from the Alabama game there. There, There's no doubt about it in my mind. They needed to have five team meetings the way they started out the football game. It was it was it was lackluster to say the least. Uh, we we had talked about what type of team Wyoming had, and it didn't look like they t- took heed to what was said throughout or or the film that they watched. It was it was almost like the players, as you said, this was not going to be about the coach. It was going to be about the players, and it looked like the players did not take the warning that people had talked about about this being a physical team because they were extremely physical on both sides of the ball and they didn't do anything fancy. They weren't fancying it up. You know, on the other hand, I thought Texas was trying to fancy it up way too much. I just, I thought some of the things they did, the execution was poor. They had dropped passes once again. Um, uh, They did the things I I, I thought they could do in the run game. I, you know, we started out the game. I said, if they can rush for 160 yards, that's what I'm looking for in this football game. Well, they did that. They had one guy rush for about 160 yards who to me very easily could have had over 200 yards of rushing. They could have established a player. It was a game to establish a player. I mean, you won the game, but they had an opportunity, I, I thought, to establish their running back, Jonathan Brooks, as a, a guy that you're going to have to watch out for throughout the rest of the season, and everybody would be would take notice that they will run the ball on you. You know, they ended up with 180-some yards of rushing, which easily could have been 250, 260 if they would have stuck to that game. But they were they were ended up trying to be a little too balanced, I thought, BK. I thought that was, you know, sometimes Quinn Ewers just doesn't have it. Sometimes his footwork is not going to be there. Obviously, sometimes you're, they're going to drop the ball because the consistency of this group catching the ball is incredible. They hired a wide receiver coach from the NFL, but he didn't bring his, his technique of catching the basics of catching a football along with him to teach to these guys because they got scholarships to go to Texas to catch the ball first. Well, these dudes miss more balls than just about anybody in the nation. I mean, it's unbelievable they could be number three ranked in the way they catch. I mean, I'm not talking about difficult balls. I'm talking about balls that just hit you in the hands, like playing catch in the backyard with your siblings. This is – it's getting to the point of ridiculous. It's going to cost them somewhere down the line if they continue with this, much less make the hard catch. They're missing the easy catches and an opportunity to give their quarterback, well, either rhythm or whatever he needs because – then he gets in the mode of unsetting. I mean, his feet weren't settled again this week. He had a number of balls that he threw off his back foot. He threw an inter- he threw a dead up interception into the end zone that the guy just dropped. I don't know how he missed that. He must have. He must. I mean, it was more like a punt into yeah. the end zone. It should have been intercepted because he threw it off of his back foot. But there's there's some things still to be fixed on this team. But I, I'm not going to go into the craziness of 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 what could have should have because they won by 20 points. This is a team that's now three and zero. They're one of the top teams in the nation. And they they kind of – it wasn't that they got away with it. They were they were never in jeopardy of losing this football game, even when it was 10-10. to 10. I never felt that. I just I just don't understand some of the, the fundamentals of this football team and how, how it just goes astray, which tells me they did have a little bit of a hangover from the Alabama game. Yeah, they were sleepwalking. Yeah. For the first three quarters on Saturday night. There's no doubt about it. And the good news is they won the game, right? Yeah. We're talking about all of these problems after a win. And it's a lot better to be doing that than the alternative, right? Sure. Longhorns are 3-0 and for the first time since 2012. So it's been a long time. I was a freshman 
at the University of Texas the last time Texas went through the non-conference slate unbeaten. All right, so that's the good. They did find a way to win. Another good is that's back-to-back fourth quarters where the Longhorns have been really good, right? Yes. It was more impressive to do what they did in Tuscaloosa than to do what they did on Saturday night in Wyoming, but they outscored Alabama 21-8 to in the fourth quarter to get that win last week, and then they outscore Wyoming 21 to nothing to get the win in the fourth quarter this week. So that was a big problem with Texas last year, Buck. This team got beat, it felt like, in every fourth quarter last year, and they lost a lot of one-possession games because they couldn't make those winning plays down the stretch. Well, so far this year, so good, especially the last two weeks. They have done what they've needed to do in the fourth quarter. Now, you want to be a four-quarter team. Right now, they're a fourth-quarter team. You want to be a four-quarter team where you don't have to wait until the last 15 minutes of the game to turn it on and figure some things out. But that is a nice change from what we saw last year where it felt like Texas collapsed in those big moments. So far, it's early. They've got some tough games left later down the road. But uh, so far, they've done a good job of making those winning plays when they've absolutely had to make them. Yeah, and and they did a great job of that on on Saturday. But the the lackluster wake up, get out of bed, let's get going – I mean, it was a night game, so everybody should have been up and, and, and ready and ready to go. This was an 11 a.m. game where you get out of bed, you roll up, you have breakfast, then you go play football. They had all day to, to, to get loosened up. They watched college football during the course of the day. You know, they saw teams that were struggling. You get a chance to – when you play a night game, you end up at the hotel a little bit and you start watching games all around the country, and you look at teams that are, that are struggling, and your opportunity is right there, and you play at night in front of 100,000. You're supposed to come out, come out of there fired up, you know. And the guy who called the meeting last week was the guy who looked lackluster as, as much as anybody on that football field early in the game. That was Quentin yours. And he still has these habits that they got to continue to, to bark at him about or whatever Sark does, put his arm around him, hold his hand. I don't care what you do, but his mechanics sometimes are so funky. I mean, you even if you're not a quarterback coach, even if you're just a, a fan of the game of football, you can look at him and say, well, how the hell does he throw that ball? His legs are crossed. He's thrown off a one foot. This is all arm stuff. But if he sets himself and he, and he directs the ball to where he has to pass it, hell, it's a 50-50 chance because they're liable to drop it if it hits him in the hands. Mm. I mean, they, they've got to – if they're going to be one of the best teams in the nation truly when it comes time to it, they can't have those because you'll lose championship game with some of the things that they do right now. Yeah. That's not championship football. That's, that's okay football and that you're just better than the team that you're playing. Because yeah. they were still better than the team they played on Saturday. It's just crazy how the pass game can look as good as it did the week prior on the road at Alabama. And I know Alabama struggled with South Florida on Saturday. We could talk about that game a little bit later. But their defense didn't. Like, their defense held South Florida to three points. That's still right. a really, really talented Nick Saban defense that Texas was able to pick apart through the air just a week prior. And then against Wyoming – a team that entered Saturday with one of the worst secondaries in college football. I know Wyoming's defense statistically hadn't been awful. Their run defense had been really good, right? We talked about that all week leading up to the game. But their secondary was, I think, ranked 114th in the country in terms of passing yards per game. And one of the games that they played before Texas was a game against an FCS team. And they were able to throw for like 250-plus yards against Wyoming secondary last week. The fact that Texas just couldn't get anything going in the passing game after what Quinn Ewers did against Alabama last week. That was pretty disheartening right there. 
And yeah, it was a total 180 from Quinn Ewers in this passing game altogether. Once again, they found a way to make the winning plays when it mattered most, but uh, it was uh, very vanilla and very ugly at times on that side of the football. Well, when when one of your leading one of your leading receivers is Byron Murphy, then I mean, when your your nose guard slash tackle is one of your leading receivers, you got a problem when you continue to talk about this great all American type tight end that you have that doesn't catch a football in the game. Yeah. I said in the beginning of the season that Sanders is a kid that if you don't get him the ball early, he's not going to be into it late. He's an average. He's an average blocker. He's a guy that will just get in the way because he's big. But he's not if, – if, if, if you don't give him the ball early in the game and make him feel like he's a part of your offense, he's just kind of there late. He's just leaning on guys. He's not going to help you in the run game. He's not going to get open. He's not going to catch passes late in the game. So I don't understand what it is. I mean, you got a, a nose guard catching more passes than your tight end. That's not good football for your offense. I don't – I don't know what the game plan was for Texas offensively, truth be told. And if you would have told me, Buck, that Xavier Worthy, JT Sanders, Adonai Mitchell, and Jordan Whittington were going to combine for eight catches and 100 yards, I would have told you two things. Number one, Quinn Ewers probably got hurt. And number two, Texas probably lost the football game. The good news is Quinn Ewers is fine, and Texas was able to win the football game. But you're talking about four NFL players there in that wide receiver in that tight end room. That combined for eight catches for 100 yards against a secondary that ranked 114th in college football going into that game. I mean, well, you know what you're going to hear today. Terrible. You know what you're going to hear today. They did some things that we weren't expecting. That's here's okay. here's what the coach is going to tell you today. Well, they did. They, they played defenses that we had never seen before. Ask, That's going to be the deal. Ask and he shall receive. We don't have to wait to the Monday presser. Really, because Stark mentioned that after the game on Saturday. He was asked a question more specifically about the offensive line and. No, the O-line, obviously, as the game progressed, they started to assert its dominance a little bit. The Cole Hudson injury sucks. We could talk about that one a little bit later as well. But Sark was asked a question about if he's satisfied with the offensive line through three games, and he went into how Wyoming did a few things that they weren't expecting on defense. Um, no, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. Like I said, you know, we – I think we have to get accustomed to something, you know, and this is now – two out of the three weeks where we have gotten an absolutely different defense than they've put on tape. <laughs> and, and that's a sign of being a really good team that people are, are going to such lengths to play a style of defense um, that they would never play against anybody else that they're, that they're going to whatever length it is. And so when that happens, that's where you have to fall back on your training and trusting your training and being able to block the plays regardless of the look that we get. And we had to adjust our play calling some too. And, and when we were able to do that, I think I gave them better opportunities tonight later in the game to block what we were getting. And uh, they, they really did a nice job of adjusting to that. And I think it allowed them to be a little bit more physical um, and coming off the football in a way where they could knock people off the ball. So, um, you know, I, I do think there's some things that we can really grow from from last week, late in the ball game, and then again this week in the adjustments that we made. Now, ultimately, we've got to make sure that we're game planning and then preparing and practicing things that we might see earlier in the game so that we can come out and fire on all cylinders. You're a highly paid offensive staff. You can't keep coming up with this on Mondays that they did so. 
That's what they get paid for, too, on the other side of the ball. They're not going to give you what you think. They're not going to roll out something that they know you can block, coach. That's a part of coaching. Everybody's going to give you something different. I mean, if they played you head up against your talent versus their talent, they're going to get mauled. And you had an opportunity to maul them in the run game. You could have rushed for 300 yards if you wanted to. But yeah. you did have to show some of your passing skills and your passing prowess, I well, believe. Okay. I don't know I if they could have rushed for 300 yards, Buck. Like, let, let's let's not get it twisted. They couldn't run the ball effectively in the first half. Like, as the game wore on, you know, the, the big uglies on Texas were able to wear down the big uglies on Wyoming in the trenches. But this run game was not getting a ton of easy yards in the first half either. Like, they couldn't really do anything offensively. So, I, I, I don't know if it was just a case of they were trying too hard to throw the football I just they they didn't make adjustments on offense to adapt to what Wyoming was trying to do until the second half. Yeah, well, okay. I I still thought BK in the second quarter they were going to be just fine rushing the ball. I, I thought I had a feel. I felt like they they had what they needed to do yardage wise. No, they're not gouging them because nobody's going to gouge that team in, in in their conference anyway. They're pretty stout on the defensive line. But as I said in the pregame show, I thought they could get the perimeter on them. They got outside on them a few times. There's no doubt about getting the ball out to, to your skill guys like Xavier Worthy on, on the play of the game. I mean, that was that was just – that was a man versus kids right there. I mean, when he caught that ball and went down the sideline and he made one inside move and the guy just hesitated and he continued down the sideline, that's – I mean, other teams like that, you're going to have a defender that's not going to get shaken right there. He's going to force him to come back inside to where he may be able to get help. But you're not very seldom going to get guys going down the sideline, the distance mm-hmm. on you. I mean, it was they, they just had such better athletes. They yeah. got some, but I still thought that he could, could have done stuff. Well, hell, even if, if it was in the fourth quarter when they started to really rush against him, to me, you don't even have to throw the ball. You could run with, you could do whatever you want in the run game. You could have, you could have set Jonathan Brooks up to have a, a career night against that group right there. But still, mm-hmm. you want to do some things in the passing game. But I'm going to tell you, if the quarterback refuses to do stuff, do the right things with his feet, and guys keep dropping the ball, and I felt bad for Blue. I mean, I, I had talked about him being able to run between the tackles. He coughed one up, you know. Yeah, that's not good, uh, right? No, it's not Blue good. Gets a little extra opportunity because C.J. Baxter didn't play for Texas, and uh, Jaden Blue did a couple of good things, but obviously fumbled in the fourth quarter. The game was pretty much in hand sure. at that point. Texas well, was. I never felt like it was ever going to be, even when it was 10 to 10, I never felt like Texas was going to lose that football game. I just felt like we'd be complaining on a Monday about how they just escaped another, you know, against a team that they should have pounded. And yeah. when it's all said and done, they pounded them pretty good. You know, yeah. in the second half of that game, they got it going. They got their mojo going. They made big plays when they had to. You know, you know, you get a 20-point win, you really – it's hard to – but the things with the quarterback and the things with the head coach of every Monday, well, yeah, coach, they're going to do things that you haven't seen. They're not going to line up. You're too talented for them to line up on and what you saw on film. It's going to happen. So your adjustments just have to come quicker. Right. You know? They're trying to beat you. Yeah. Like, they're they trying to pull off an upset, so they have to break tendency. That's what good coaches do. They do yeah. – I don't, know why you act so surprised. I don't understand why you act so surprised on a Monday. Right. Well, the, look, the good news is Texas offensively in the second half was a lot better. Now, you didn't get to see that much in the third quarter because Wyoming had a 10-minute, 22-second field goal drive that bled out the entirety of that quarter. But Texas had one offensive possession in the third. It ended poorly because Quinn Ewers took that sack, but they were able to pick up a few first downs. They clearly looked like they were trying something different. 
Unfortunately, they had to punt because Ewers took a bad sack, and then Wyoming just didn't give him the ball back pretty much until the fourth quarter. So that is like Sark last year and Sark in 2021 lost the battle of in-game adjustments right. a lot, and we all talked about that a lot. Uh, the last couple of weeks, more impressive to do it against Nick Saban in Alabama than to do it against Craig Bull in Wyoming. But the last couple of weeks, I will give Sark credit for making those adjustments to get the offense going. But it feels like they shouldn't take that long. Like it feels like if you're a quarter into a game and you see that Wyoming is doing this thing, yeah, and you need to adjust your plan. Like I know you had a script. I know you had a game plan that you came in with. And as a coach, I'm sure you've got some ego and it's like, oh, I don't care what they're doing. If we do this, it's going to be good enough and they won't yeah. be able to stop. No, like you've got to you've got to adjust. And against Wyoming and a backup quarterback, mind you, hey, you can get away with kind of playing with your food for a little bit. I know the Big 12 isn't great this year, but, you know, you're playing with fire if you're trying to do something like that every single week. So I would like to see, you know, if teams are continuing to break tendency against Texas, which why would they not? then this coaching staff's got to be adjusting a little bit quicker because, yeah, you're, you know, it's 10 to 10 against Wyoming. That's fine. You might be yeah. a couple of scores against somebody better later in the year. Well, there's this deal with their tight end. I mean, I'm, they continue to tell me, I mean, he'll tell you how much he's got the greatest hands. He did the same thing with Jordan Whittington when he first got here. I love this kid. He's a fabulous worker. You know, okay, then do everything you can to get the ball in his hands. And he didn't do that the first year. And, hell, he didn't do that Saturday. And now they've got this allegedly, because it, all it is is alleged second-team All-American, or, or people are saying he's one of the best tight ends in the country, and he doesn't catch a ball in a football game. Yeah. Your defensive tackle caught more balls than your tight end caught. Did they just <laughs> did they, was there, did they scheme it just to take away the tight end? Then you should have thrown it over to the top. I mean, if they're going to take away your tight end, no, you took away your tight end in that yeah. game. He didn't catch any passes. How does mm -hmm. that guy not catch a pass? Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that right. JT Sanders needed to be a bigger focal point for Texas. I thought Xavier Worthy needed to be a bigger focal point. Like obviously he had that game changing play at the start of the fourth quarter that gave Texas. That's just the athletic lead. ability right there. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that uh, helps Quinn Ewer's stat line look a little bit better. And it was really just an easy pitch and catch. And then Worthy did the rest by himself, turning on the afterburners, scoring that 44-yard touchdown. But I thought Worthy should have been a bigger part of the game plan, too. And, yeah, it was it was weird. And then, look, a lot of this was Wyoming putting three safeties over the top to prevent big Absolutely. explosive play. But Texas only threw three passes all night that went 20 yards or more through the air, and they completed none of them. And then in the intermediate passing game where Ewers usually shines, he was just two of six on those throws between 10 to 20 yards. So like all the stuff that Alabama and their five-star athletes and Nick Saban couldn't stop. It's like Texas just, they didn't even try to do it a lot on Saturday. And when they did try to do it, it didn't work out well at all. So yeah, once again, it's, look, happy to win. It's a three touchdown win and it's survive in advance mode right now. That's what it is in college football. Oh, oh, well, from this point on, for them anyway, you're in you're in conference play. Win yeah. them all by one, you're going to the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah, you, you win every game by one. Hell, you win the national championship right. if you win those playoff games by one. So, uh, thankfully, this one they won by more than one point. So, once again, the good news is, I feel like we're being negative, and there's plenty to be negative about because it was a far from perfect performance for Texas on Saturday. The good news is we are talking about a three touchdown victory here, but uh, well, well, one thing I think they found is they're 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 starting running back. Now you can let the yeah. other kid heal for a week or two or whatever, 
but they've got they've got one that can really get it get it going. And Jonathan Brooks, that long run he had with the stiff arm and and the speed and and the fight that he has, that dude right there can carry it 25 times if need be. If somebody's giving you the run and you're up there in 180s, you should be over 200. You can run the ball. The way he was running on Saturday in, in the third and fourth quarter, if they have to saddle that dude up, saddle him up. I mean, you gave your offensive line that boost that they needed mentally that they can run the football and especially run it late. That's back-to-back weeks in the fourth quarter where they figured out, you know what? We've, we've got a little bit more stamina than the other guys on the other side because that was a tough Wyoming team. No matter what anybody says, that's a tough physical Alabama team. So you know what you can do in, in the fourth. Later in the game, your guys are in good enough shape to be able to run the ball and run – I mean, just do it earlier. Just yeah. get it going earlier. I mean, put the pressure on this Big 12. There's no there's not defenses that will be able to stop you, especially if you get your run game going. Now you can get some balls over the top. If your quarterback's going to set his feet, your wide receivers are actually going to catch the ball when it hits them in the hands. Right. Yeah, this offense has to be better because this defense is playing at an elite oh, level yeah. right now. I know – the first drive of the game for Wyoming wasn't great, right? Giving up that 62-yard touchdown run, that's not ideal. Vernon Broughton got kind of blocked out of the play. Anthony Hill missed a tackle. Jaron Thompson took a bad angle. Okay, bad plays happened. How do you sure. respond? They responded, and they were great. <laughs> Obviously, the 10-minute drive in the third quarter was not ideal to give up, but there was a very questionable pass interference call that kept that drive going, and ultimately the Longhorns bowed up in the red zone and forced Wyoming into a field goal versus giving up a touchdown. Uh, outside of that, the defense played really, really well. This is a Big 12 championship caliber defense. This is a CFP caliber defense. The well, offense just ain't there yet. Like, yeah, and you're going to not gonna... score 40 against Wyoming or Rice when yes. my goal, and I think Texas's goal, was to score 40 points per game. That's a little disheartening. Yeah, well, you'll hear it in the, in the press conference today what they did defensively, too. I mean, what they had, what they weren't, they weren't expecting this quarterback to play. So we had to do some other things defensively. Believe me, coaches have all, all these outs on Mondays. The mm-hmm. out will be we were expecting Priestley to be the guy at quarterback. We didn't know enough about the quarterback that played. You just needed to know this. He wasn't going to throw it more than 20 yards down the field. He was going to throw a bunch of outs and hitches. He wasn't, he wasn't going to be able to stand back there and throw the ball like, the, like you expected. So you got to be able to adjust. You can't talk about the adjustments. It can't take you three and a half quarters to adjust. I mean – I mean, after a while, that was going to be the starting quarterback. He was throwing outs, and he was throwing darts, too. I mean, he got rid of the ball really quickly. That'll be said today. Uh, And he did a good job, and he was very accurate when he did throw the football. But eventually, your good athletes are going to say, he's going to throw this out just one too many times, and I'm going to be right there when he does. And it happened. You know, he couldn't keep throwing that that, that long outside hitch. He was getting away with it, but eventually somebody – on that defense and the ball hawk was going to find it, find a way to step in front of it. It happened. But on, on Mondays, don't tell me that, Oh, they, we weren't expecting that quarterback to play. Okay. After the third series, guess what? He was going to play the entire game coach. Dude. I was kind of terrified when I saw I was too. I was like, Oh no, where's the other guy? Well, you know what number Josh Allen wore at Wyoming, right? Oh yeah. Number 17. I'm like, Holy shit. Did they call up Josh Allen? Are they putting him back in his old uniform to come play quarterback at the University of Texas? What's going Man. on here? And, uh, yeah, look, I mean, Texas, uh, Swoboda played pretty well, made a couple of gutsy throws, had a couple of nice plays with his legs. Um, didn't look that much worse than Andrew Peasley, but 
Yeah, no, I mean, Texas caught a little bit of a break, I guess you have to say, by going up. I don't know about that. I don't know. That guy may be a better quarterback when you you really look at him. I'm like, please, where's the other guy? Get that other guy in there. He's not that hurt. Yeah. Those teams are frustrating, though, the teams that just nickel and dime you to death, and that's kind of what Wyoming was doing, once again, especially on that ridiculously long field goal drive in the third quarter. They were perfectly comfortable taking, you know, four or five-yard gains on every single play. And they were perfectly comfortable taking – three and four and five yards in the run game early in that yep. football game too. the big running back that they have. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. So uh, Texas gets the win. Um, we'll hear more from Steve Sarkeesian in a moment. He had a lot to say after the game on Saturday. And of course he will have his weekly game week press conference a little bit later today. So the buck and I will have clips for that during tomorrow's show, but uh, let's give some love to some of our great sponsors. The buck, you and I were out at covert bee cave doing our pregame show on Saturday. They took care of us. They did, and they always take care of us, BK. They've got – the folks out there are just wonderful, and they've got three new state-of-the-art dealerships carrying seven brands, Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, of course. And at the BK location, folks, you can get – they've got 86 service bays throughout, waiting time minimal. You know, you're, we know, they know you're busy. They know you want to get in there with your car and get out of there. But they've got something for everybody out there. CovertBeeCaves.com is where you go to find out about the great – weekly sales not monthly sales but weekly sales that they'll have out there and since 1909 the covert family have been serving central texas and folks that wonderful place out there in b cave off of highway 71 how about it huddo they've got covert ford and huddo and chevy and huddo and also covert ford lincoln in austin and you got to know this nobody beats a covert deal not now not ever text cameron collie too over at yeah. covert b cave how about get his ass out of bed on a Monday morning? <laughs> Come on, Collie. Call or a text. Cameron Collie, the son of Bruce Collie. That's right. Starting right guard for Joe Montana and the San Francisco 49ers. Bruce's son, Cameron, works there. 512-648-1374. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car truck or SUV, I don't care that it's Monday morning. Wake that dude up. 512 512- one three seven four. Thanks to our friends at Covert BK for their support. Also, thanks to our friends at Jack Allen's Kitchen for oh, jumping yeah. on board. They're one of our newest sponsors here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. My family and I went there yesterday after a little bit of time in Temple. Had a great meal at the Anderson Lane location. Everybody was satisfied. Fantastic weekend brunch. A couple of folks got burgers. A couple of folks got enchiladas. I mean, they've got something for every single palate. A full bar as well. Always a first-class dining experience at Jack Allen's Kitchen. If you've been there, you know exactly what I am talking about. If you haven't been there, don't wait any longer. This place is the best. They've got five locations all throughout the Austin area to best serve you. Go see our friends at Jack Allen's Kitchen for an unforgettable dining experience. Love it. Love it. Thanks to the folks out at Cobra for having us out there on Friday. And and Mitch at Smokey Moe's, thank you. And, of course, Verde's. Mmm, good food. Good lunch. Yes. I was told that I needed to eat something. Well, I ate two turkey sandwiches from Smoky Moe's with the barbecue sauce. Yes, indeed. I downed two at the sitting right there. Yes, thank you, you did. very, very much. And thank you to Casey Stutter for coming and joining us. What a treat he is. Let me oh, tell you. God, that guy's something else. He's unfiltered it? for sure. Yep, we got to get him to do a show with us. No, we don't. Yeah, That's we scary. might. scary. We might all lose our jobs, even though this thing is unfiltered and we're unregulated. Somehow, some way, that guy would say something that would get us all canned. Absolutely. That was that was an awful lot of fun. And 
over the next couple of weeks, we're going to have some special guests and some Longhorn legends out there that I know folks are going to want to come out and, and check out. And the giveaways will get better out there on site on Fridays. You're going to love some of the things we're going to do for you. And some big oh. surprise, some big giveaways yes, out indeed. there. I'm not promise you one of those Cadillacs, you know, but we'll see. There'll be some big things happening out there because Dan Cobert wants it to happen. <laughs> wow. Not promising a Cadillac. Okay. What are you promising then? A ramp uh, truck? Do you want me to promise you rain? Do you need more? Or are we okay yet? I can get you rain. Uh, I'm not telling you when, because I don't want to be put in that situation right now. No, oh, you're, not yet. you're not confident anymore. Huh? Oh, I'm, I'm very confident. Rain man can get it done. Yes. Oh, how about a restaurant commenting this morning? Very Jack nice. Allen's. You guys are the best. I didn't realize restaurants had YouTube channels, but there you go. Come back at us. There you go. Ask and he shall receive. Yeah, thank you, Jack Allen's, for uh, an awesome experience yesterday. All right, Buck. Probably should have played this a little bit earlier in today's show, but we were obviously in the middle of some good Longhorn conversation. Sark's opening statement after the game on Saturday Lasted four minutes and 20 seconds. Strategic, Sark. I like what you're doing there. But he talked and talked and talked. We're not going to play you the entirety of those four minutes and 20 seconds, but I cut up a couple of different parts from Sark's first words from his post-game press conference. Here's him talking a little bit about just the team coming out distracted early on against Wyoming. And tonight, going into the stadium, as I was taking the field, fans congratulating us on the win last week. And... It's human nature to sometimes get distracted by that and you lose sight of what's right in front of you. And uh, I think it kind of showed in the first half, especially offensively. You know, we had a couple false starts right off the bat. We had a false start on the first play of the game. And why is that? You know, why do we, how can we go play at Alabama on the road and not have one false start and then come home and have a false start on the first play of the game? And so that, that lends itself to psyche, right? And it's not about physical ability or what we're capable of. I think then we had a, we had a snap in there where we had 12 guys on the field on defense. How do, you, how do you go to Alabama and not have, ever have one snap of 12 on the field, but then you come home and you have 12 on the field? So I think it was a good lesson learned for us. Um, you know, I think at the end, I thought our guys really did a nice job of maintaining their cool staying composed. You know, we've talked a lot about our composure, our poise. I thought that that shined through tonight. Uh, and in the end, we adapted to schematically to some things that, that they were doing. And we found a way to really dominate the second half of the football game and then ultimately the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, he is, he's right. There, you know, there are expectations that that could happen. I mean, I think fans, uh, there were a bunch of them sitting in the stands on Saturday night thinking, it's going to happen. It can happen. I mean, not everybody, not 100,000 people are going to be positive that this team is going to come out and not be distracted after a big win like that, about uh, uh, things that people are saying so nice about you all week long and not have – hey, if two people on your team are distracted by this, you know what I'm saying? That, that can screw up the thing. I mean, the guys that jump offside, the guys that drop the ball, the guys that put the ball on the ground, those things happen to you in the course of a regular game, much less coming off a victory that you just had. But, Coach, that's why they pay you all that money. That's why you get the big bucks. You have to come out, and you have to make sure that your team doesn't do that. You're going to have – but you know what? To me, it, it, it doesn't matter. They won the game. But it, but it could matter against Baylor. It could matter against Texas Tech, TCU. I mean, it's, it could hurt you somewhere down the line that you don't make that comeback in the fourth quarter 
and you all wake up. It may be the fact that you come out sloppy in the beginning and another team comes out and they get the jump on you and you can't catch up to them. Hell. And you lose a football game because of some of the distractions. But, I mean, I, in my mind, I expected something, something to happen. But it wasn't really – it wasn't major things. It's just the little things. It, it's the little things when you're trying to win a championship because now you're in championship mode. You're in Big 12 championship mode now from this point on, BK. Uh, you, people will talk about national championship. But if you don't take care of the first part of it, you don't get to the second part of it. And you can't have these things happen. Your quarterback in game three – he still can't have his feet crossed and things like that throwing the football. That stuff, that part, that's part coaching. He's not getting your message, coach. He's not getting your message. So the same guy who's holding meetings for your team isn't getting the message about himself. I mean, I watched him in the game because I was going to watch his footwork and see what he did because I was expecting him to throw the ball all over the place. And if they were going to drop three, and, and I, which I thought they would, just run their asses back as far as they could so nobody got behind them, then the middle of the field was going to be opened up you know, your tight end who caught zero balls in the game was going to be there somewhere sitting in zones where you could hit him, get him going. Maybe he's going to catch 12 passes. That dude didn't catch a pass in the game. He's supposed to be one of the best players in America, and you don't throw the ball to him. Uh, they didn't say it. I can't hear today from Coach Sark that they took away our tight end. Oh, they did? Or did you take away your tight yeah. end? I think yeah. you took away your tight end because you your defensive lineman caught a pass. Your tight end didn't catch a pass. And as yep. you said, and when you look at the numbers of passes caught in that game, well, hell, I'm going to be the quarterback. Okay, guess what? I didn't set my feet this series. But, hell, you guys, when I throw it to you, you drop it. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Those little things, even though you won the game by 20, will get you beat against a better team than Wyoming. And I don't even know how many more teams in this conference that are better than what you just saw. That's a team that beat Texas Tech. Right. Right. I guess that's the good news here, right? Yeah, like we're, it is. We're You're right. on Wyoming because Wyoming's usually bad and they play in the Mountain West, but uh, they might be better than a, a few of the teams. I'm not going to sit here and act like they're better than every team right. in the Big 12 this and, year. And I'm, I'm not the head coach, but I know this. I'm, I'm going to look at this and I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not going to tell you that they did some things differently. That's what they're supposed to do. They're right. supposed to do things different than you saw. They're, I think what happens is, like you said, the coach that has the better player sometimes thinks that the other guys on the other side are just coming there to get their ass beat, you know what I mean? Or not get beat up bad and then go back to their conference and try to win the Mountain West. It, it, it's not about survival. It's about trying to win. They're here to win. That group wasn't here to survive. They were in it with you into the fourth quarter. It was yeah. 10 to 10. They, they didn't come here just so they could just get punked and then leave and say, okay, now we got our Mountain West. They were here to win the games. So they're not going to stay there and play fundamental football against you because they would get beat up. They almost got beat up just in the run game alone. Right. Yeah, and they're going to break tendencies. That's what every good coach does, and Craig Bowles is a good coach. He's been at Wyoming yes. for a long time. Before that, he was at North Dakota State. He won a couple of FCS national championships. Like, that guy is a solid coach, and you know, coaches realize that if they don't have the talent that the other team does, they've got to do some things to try to overcome that gap. Right. And once again, you do that by breaking tendencies, by doing things that you don't put on film, by doing stuff that might surprise the other team. And Wyoming clearly did that for a little yeah, bit. So when he tells you today that we weren't expecting this quarterback, he did some different things. Okay, that's that's great. That's understandable, Coach, you, obviously, because the other guy didn't, didn't play in the game. But you're not going to tell me that that number seven, that running back who gutted you in the first quarter, the first couple of drives where he jammed it down your throat on your defense, and they didn't have to really throw the ball. They ran the ball down the field. Well, 
they weren't dropping back, throwing them bombs. They were just turning around, handing it off, and going off tackle on your guys. You can't tell me that's a different blocking scheme. That's the blocking scheme that they've been doing. That was the one they did against Texas Tech when they ran the ball against them, too. There was nothing different about them being more physical than you were in the beginning. Well, part that running back. Yes, it was that running back is different, Buck. I I don't think Buck, I don't think Buck, or I don't think Sark will say, like, oh, we weren't expecting that running back to play, but that was that running back's first game of the season. And he was a transfer from Northern Illinois, and he was questionable going into that game after missing the first two games of the season. So it was a new quarterback and a new running back for Wyoming. Well, they had their way in that first quarter with that running back. It was like, hey, are you guys going to stop this guy? They're running like regular old sprint draw where they're trying to kick out your end with a fullback. They got two backs in the backfield running old-fashioned football on you. Downhill sprint draw. I'm like, wait a minute. You're going to stuff this at the line of scrimmage. That dude was into the linebacker area so quick. And he was big now. He was a thumper, too. Yeah. You know, it, it, and, and, but once again, you're talking about a 20-point win, but you can't come back and say, oh, they did something different. Well, hey, they're going to do – Baylor's going to do – you think Baylor's going to play their base? They stink. And they're, you think they're going to just do the same thing that they've been doing for the last couple of games, even though they got a win over Ice-T this week? Huh. You think they're going to they're gonna run the same defense that they ran last week because they won the game? No, they're, 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 other teams are there to win the game. They're not going to give you what you want. Hey, you brought up TCU earlier. I think it's important to remember what TCU did last year. They made a living off of good fourth quarters, right? They played a bunch of closed games, and they made enough winning plays down the stretch to get all the way to the national championship game, all right? So yes. the important thing is to just win. I get yeah, it. From this point on, uh, on a Monday. No, not, not for all year, all year, going yeah. into the season. You beat Rice by one. You beat Alabama by one. You beat Wyoming by one. You beat every team on your schedule by one. Guess what? Yeah. You're playing in the college football playoff. Yes, you are. And I'm, news, I'm, the I'm excited they now. Blew, they've got three double-digit wins, right? A lot to nitpick, a lot to criticize, right. especially from Rice and Wyoming. They've got three double-digit victories. and They're, they're three unbeaten, and all. Yeah, unbeaten through non-conference play for the first time since 2012. So it uh, could be worse. could be worse. And Saturday was a weird day, Buck. You were around the country a little bit. You know, Georgia – was down 14 to 3 at home to South Carolina at halftime. Yeah, they had to wake up. Yeah, they didn't look great. Obviously, Florida State against your Boston College Eagles, right? They had to hold on for dear life to preserve a two point victory. And Texas and Florida State flip flopped in the new AP poll. So Texas is up to number three, and Florida dropped the spot because of how bad they looked against uh, Florida State. You go around the rest of the Big 12. You know, Iowa State lost to a Mac. How about two Big 12 teams losing to Mac teams over the weekend? Yikes. Kansas State obviously lost. They played a close game. They couldn't find a way to get the job done. It was one of those weird weeks in college football to where it's almost like if you just found a way to win, you're happy. And Texas obviously was able to do that. Yeah. And from this point on, win one, been win by one every week. You're playing in the national, you're going to be in the college championship. And that's great. You can win the national championship if you go ahead and win by one. Who cares? From this point on, but you've got you, but it doesn't mean you can't try to fix some of the madness that I think is going sure. on. And, and I thought I thought they would have a couple of those illegal procedures and things like that. It's just so hard to be that following week. It's like playing a game after you play uh, Texas Oklahoma. That next week, believe me, I played against Rice. I coached against Rice after a win at Oak oh, at the Texas OU game. Nice so, job. Yeah. Hey, I'd like to have won that game by one, you know, mm-hmm. but it didn't happen. So. You can't let this because some of these weeks 
you're not going to win those games if you if you're if you're thinking about this and you're distracted by that. And as I said, I wanted to make some of the fans that sat in that stadium on Saturday because I know there were a bunch of them waiting to see if this team team was going to not choke but not be but be distracted. And I could understand some of the little distractions. I thought you'd have a, a couple of legal procedures, but you can't have running backs dropping the ball on the ground. You can't have wide receivers dropping the ball because those are the things they haven't been consistent with. You know what I'm saying? They haven't been a consistent group that when the ball hits them in the hands, they make the catch. They help out the quarterback. And when the quarterback has got his feet crossed and thrown off a one foot, dude, because as I said, that one should have been a, a flat-out pick in the end zone that he yep. threw. Yep. He just got away with that. They, uh, did they come a, a, away with three points on that? Yep. Wow. They are yep. so fortunate to, to, to that it to happen. That was that was a punt. Yeah. That was I mean, a reckless I mean, shot by Quinn. Yeah, he's got he's got to stop that stuff. But they've got to put him in position. And they, if you've got a weapon allegedly like Sanders is supposed to be, can we start using him so that I don't don't have to hear about you know the following year? You know he's one of the best tight ends in in college football. But we don't use him. But he's really one of the best. Really? Is yeah. he? Is he really one of the best? Yeah, he's the, he's great. He, are he you was sure? Great last year, did you, you forget you last sure year? Are you sure that he's great? Yeah, yeah, he is. He's great, and he won't be here next year. He'll be in the NFL, so you don't have to worry about what's going to happen with JT Sanders in 2024 on campus. But uh, yeah, like the offense sucked. Quinn Ewers was not good. He was not good. He's got to be better. Um, the run game was good. I thought the run game, that that run game right there, you could have you could have lined them up in the middle of the third quarter and said, "We're not passing again on you guys. We're about to thump you pretty good." Because Jonathan Brooks was thumping those guys. I mean, he was making runs. He was he was lowering his shoulder on on, on guys. Now, I, I think they're going to need they're going to need another inside runner. But I I don't know if they'll wear him out because he'll never get to have twenty some carries. I don't believe because they're going to spend time throwing it throwing it outside and doing some things and but they're going to need they're going to need to find another runner and and the kid blew I'm wrong he's okay inside I I kept saying for a little guy he'll really get it up in there but you can't put the ball on the ground no you know no. what I'm saying they got another runner he just didn't play he was hurt they've got like they feel good about CJ Baxter he's their oh, yeah. normal one game one hurt two games two hurts no. three games sit out four games hopefully he's healthy this week what about, Savion, what about Savion Red, the, uh, the little wildcat formation that Texas ran on a couple of those fourth downs? you think there's something there with him? Not really. I think he's got a while before he becomes a legit kind of running back at that level. I think he's okay, but he's we're – trying, we're, we're trying to get to the championship game here. What do we, we're not just trying to win weekly. We're trying to win and get and play. In, oh, we're not playing for a championship anymore. It's about winning a Big 12 championship now. Hey. We're going one and zero every week, Tom Herman. That's what we're trying to do. Okay, okay. You, just you, hey, listen to this, Tom Herman. Do you know winning is hard? Yeah. Okay, winning is hard, and winning is really hard when you beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa, and then you've got to go play Wyoming the following week. You're, yeah. It really is. That is it the really is. that is the dictionary picture of a trap game, right? If you pulled up a picture of Texas's schedule, yes, going into the season, and you look and you see at Alabama. Week two and at Baylor, your first conference game in week four, you look right in between those two and you're like, mm, who do they have there? And then you see it's a G5 team and you're like, yeah, this, this, this could be interesting. And it was a little interesting for 45 minutes on Saturday. Well, I know what they need to do this week. They need to go to Waco and slap these fools right in the mouth. That's what they need to do. 
Yeah. They're, they're right. winning. They're beating teams like Wisconsin, Rhode Island of the West, something. Who the hell is Long Island? I didn't even know Long Island had a football team. I thought that was a tennis team or something. Long hey. Island really has a – now, when I when I played that short time with the Giants, we played the Jets out on Long Island. At, at, that may have been the place. Long Island College? What the hell is that? I don't know. Long Island University is in New York. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad it's, it's in, 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 at least in the state of New York. So they've got, a, they've, they've got an LIU Brooklyn, which I know has made the NCAA basketball tournament a couple of times. New York City College, I know they've got that. They've got they've Columbia. Got LIU also, there's a, I don't know. They suck, and Baylor didn't even look that good against them. Baylor <laughs> oh, sucks, dude. Oh, I don't know. Don't say that. They suck. And Texas is a 14-and-a-half-point road what? favorite this weekend. Yeah, that's that's where Baylor is right now. Congrats to the Bears, and congrats to your Mark U on finally getting into the win column on Saturday. They both needed to play FCS schools to make that happen. But uh, welcome to the win column. And I can't believe I've gone 53 minutes without talking shit about Texas Tech, but we got you, little brother. Yeah, hey, you guys, you guys couldn't beat Wyoming. Hey, give you some credit. That's a tough bunch up there. We tough saw that, bunch, but we beat them by three touchdowns, and you guys lost to them. Got I know, lost you to them. Lost so, to them. Big brother. That's what we do. Little brother needs our help. We step in, and we were a little confused about the quarterback, and we were confused about who the quarterback was because we couldn't scheme for the the, the backup quarterback who threw eight yard outs all night long. And so if somebody finally said, hey, if you go back and you run this pattern one more time, I'm going to step right in front of this out and I'm going to the house. Eventually somebody said, hey, enough is enough of that. Yep, Jaron Thompson with the uh, nice pick six, obviously. That was a great play by him. Yeah, that was the the dagger. You already felt good about Texas winning that game. They had a yes. two-touchdown lead at that point, but uh, that made it 31-10, to 10, which ultimately was the final score. And, uh, yeah, nice defensive play. The first takeaway of the game or Texas came at a good time and obviously resulted directly in points. All right, let's uh, let's give some love to some of our sponsors here, and then we will uh, shift gears. We'll go around the country. We also have to talk some NFL. A uh, big win for the Cowboys. They improved to two and zero. Another loss for the Texans. They fall to zero and two. We'll go around both college football and the NFL here in a moment. But how about a recorded spot yeah. first from our friends at Audio Visual Consultations? Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. And Camilla McKay. Kid, what time is it? Old man, it's back to sports time. The hockey and football seasons are upon us. And baseball is winding down to the best part. And what about basketball season? I'm 5'2". Who the hell cares about basketball? Yeah, we're talking about watching, not playing. And in that case, you've got everyone covered, right? That's right. Audiovisual Consultations has been providing awesome systems and service throughout Texas for over 30 years. Installing home entertainment systems and livening up restaurants with incredible Incredible audio and video systems. We're talking multi-screen video walls. And home entertainment that puts you in the best seat in the stadium. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678. Hey, aren't you forgetting something? Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Hug your kids until they beg you to stop. Watch a game with your friends. And make love to whoever the hell you want. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678 or visit us at avconsultations.com. Go Stars! Go Bruins! Kid. Every time I hear da na 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 da na, that means baseball time. And when it's baseball time, it's the captain's time. That's right, Captain Derek Jeter. He is the man. 
Still is the man, always be the man. That's right. That dude, right doesn't, there, that doesn't dude play that, anymore. That dude is the best of biracial right there. There you go, right there. <laughs> Look at that. There he is, my guy, Derek Jeter. The best of biracial. Is that an award they give out at the ESPYs every year? BET Awards, yes. That's what ah, yes. The BET Awards. The best light skin? Yes, that him. That would be Derek Jeter of all time. The all-time captain. The best. Hey, congratulations are in order to your New York Yankees, Buck. Did we have two games in a row? You lost yesterday. But the good news is, over the weekend, you guys moved up from last place to fourth place in the Please American tell me the Red Sox are in that spot now. Sox are dead last. Life is good. It can't get any better than that until we get until we catch one of the top three and one of them will be out. The Toronto Blue Jays are looking like they could start to falter here. They may slide. The Yankees may slip in there. What are you, an Aggie fan? You don't care about the Yankees actually being good? You just want to be better than the Red Sox? What are you, A&M versus Texas? Hey. I had cousin had the Aggies this weekend. Go Aggies. Way to hang in there. (laughs) Uh, Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, shout out to Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports for that pick as well. Yeah, that good bounce back against a nobody. Way to go, Jimbo Fisher. What did I do for people out there? My gold star. Oh, your 5,000 unit gold star lock of the weekend. Kansas State minus four at Mizzou. Mizzou is so bad. That is such a bad. Those 61, the guy, they had a 260-pound kicker came out there and slammed one from 61 yards. Wow. That kicker's really good. That guy's going to be playing on Sundays. He slapped that baby right. It was a line drive through the uprights. Come on now, K-State. Yikes. So you're now down 6,000 units for the people here on Texas. We've just begun. We've just begun the season. Oh, you're saying it's going to get worse from here. No, no, no. It's going to get better. And it's going to get better because I'm going to start leaning on the NFL and your Dallas Cowboys. Oh, boy. I did say that was going to be a mauling. Hey, Jets please, fan. Please don't. Please don't. Ah, like, I'm on. enjoying my time as a Cowboys fan. This does not happen often. They look great. They've played the two New York teams who clearly have their issues. But don't do this to me. Don't do this to all of the Cowboys fans that are watching and listening right now. Don't put your curse on America's team, all right? Come on. All right, how about this? How about Jets fans? This is for you. Why not take your little guy quarterback and drop him and run the same offense you were going to run, you know what I'm saying, with Aaron Rodgers, with Zach Wilson? That didn't work. That was horrifying to watch. And you knew that was coming. You knew that defense was going to eat him alive. But don't move the quarterback. Don't try to, hey, forget about running the ball like 60 times, which you should have. How about trying to throw it 60 times and almost have your quarterback's head taken off yesterday? Well, it got to a point where they had to start throwing, right? Because the Cowboys had built up a pretty big lead and the Jets didn't have any choice but to try to come back in that game through the air. You know, the Jets, BK, they're just there to not get people hurt. They're not, you know, unlike Wyoming was there to win the game. The Jets are there just to kind of survive, period, so that their entire team doesn't get hurt. They dropped back. And just got hammered. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The Cowboys were awesome yesterday. And I think the most impressive part of the Cowboys' victory was what they did offensively. Yes. The the Jets' defense was a top three defense in the NFL last year. And they were awesome against Josh Allen, right? They forced four Josh Allen turnovers in that Monday night game in week one without Aaron Rodgers, mind you. 
the Jets still found a way to win, and the Cowboys found a way to dominate the Jets. But yeah, the Cowboys offense, especially in the first half, I mean, Dak Prescott was ridiculously good. Protected the football, did get away with one, threw one to Sauce oh, yeah. Gardner. That probably should have been a pick six, but outside of that, Dak was on his game. The Cowboys run game was able to have some success. Once again, that Jets defense, I know they're without Aaron Rodgers, so they're not the Super Bowl contender that people thought they were going to be. And if they don't make a move at quarterback, they're not even going to be a playoff team no. this year because Zach Wilson absolutely sucks. But that Jets defense is still elite. Don't get it twisted. Dak Prescott, 31 of 38 with two touchdowns, no turnovers. The Cowboys ran for 134 yards. They did what they needed to do, especially in the first half against one of the best defenses in the NFL. That was good to see because the Cowboys offense, they didn't have to do that much against the Giants in week one. No. Weren't quite sure exactly what they were going to look like with Mike McCarthy now calling the plays on that side of the football. They passed a major test with flying colors with that performance yesterday. Yeah, they were in and out of the huddle, you know, quickly, ready to go to the line, ready to call the play and get set. I I was really surprised that they ran the ball as well as they did, you know. And for me, you know, almost going back to the Texas game real quick, BK, Texas running the ball. I said on Saturday, if they could rush for 160 yards. I think they'll have a really, really good game because I know they're going to throw the ball down the field because that's just what they do. That's what Basically, that's what they're all about is, is trying to get the ball down the field with the throwing game. And I thought if they could rush for a total of 160, they were going to be fine. But they could have rushed for much more. I thought the Cowboys ran the ball really, really well against a really stout defensive line on Saturday. Because, you know, Tony Parler is their big play guy, and he runs between the tackles pretty good for not a really big guy. But – Man, the backup running back came in there and ran pretty well, too. The kid Davis, I like the way he played on, on Sunday. Dowdle, Rico Dowdle. Dowdle, yeah. I mean, that was good stuff to see. They, they, they threw in a couple guys that played pretty well in the running back position because I don't know if Tony Pollard can take that all year long. But no. then again, they're not going to play that Jets defense all year long either. It was good to see Deuce Vaughn get some run, right? Yes. Three carries for him. I think he had a couple of catches as well. He made a few things happen when he had the ball in his hands. And how good is C.D. Lamb, dude? 11 catches for 143 yards. Didn't get into the end zone, but who? Well, if you're a fantasy football player, I guess you care. But uh, C.D. Lamb was really, really good. And I'll give the Cowboys credit. Here's where I thought the Jets screwed up. The Jets should have had Sauce Gardner following C.D. Lamb all game long. Yeah. But the Cowboys, they, hey, Sauce stays on one side of the field. Okay, we're going to move C.D. Lamb to the other side of the field. And we'll put him in the slot from time to time as well. And we'll create yeah, that's matchups. Defense. They won't move him over. Yeah, I don't understand that. You got to change that. Like if one guy and that guy's really freaking good is destroying your defense almost single-handedly, you've got to put your best corner on him. You got to say sauce, you go follow him around all game long. We don't care if you're out of position. It's going to look better than what the rest of our guys are doing. They didn't do it. The Cowboys kept going to 88 and, uh, and it worked like a charm. So good to see CD lamb. Another great game for him. I didn't play well. The tight yeah. played well. Few tight ends made some things happen. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker, the kid they drafted out of Michigan, had his first career touchdown. Had to be the uh, best game for Tolbert also. I mean, he was good. Yeah, yeah, three catches for Tolbert. And the Cowboys yep. didn't have Brandon Cooks, right? Their second-best wide receiver did not play in that game yesterday, and they were still able to put up 30. They could have scored more, right? Like, they were very conservative, especially near the red zone. I know that pissed some Cowboys fans off, but come on, you're, you're beating the crap out of the Jets. They don't have anybody on offense who could scare you. Cowboys went a little conservative in the second half and settled for field goals. They could have ended up with 40-plus, I think, if they really, really wanted to. But, uh, yeah, to do that without Brandon Cooks, strong performance for the Dallas offense. Kicker, 
Missed that first extra point. You know, the former USFL guy, the former college soccer player. You should get your son out there kicking on Sundays, Buck. He's a former college soccer player. Absolutely. Uh, that, that guy's been nailed since then. And then the Cowboys' defense is awesome, too. Like, Zach, Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson. Yes. But, you know, he, he looked a lot better against the Bills. And that's a Super Bowl contending team in Buffalo that Zach Wilson looked okay against. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and act like Zach Wilson's good. He sucks. Uh, he's He's been awful since day one. And it was the biggest country crock of BS this offseason that Aaron Rodgers was going to make Zach Wilson so much better as a quarterback. No, <laughs> yes. Zach Wilson is Zach Wilson. But still, that Cowboys defense, man, Micah Parsons especially. We were talking before the show. That dude is something else. Yeah, he's ridiculous. I mean, you can go ahead and take seven guys and put put seven on one. You're still going to – somebody's going to have a problem out of that seven. Somebody's going to be get beat up. About four of the seven, if you put seven on one, four of the seven of those guys are going to get hurt because he is an animal. Yeah. I mean, they, they lined him up everywhere on Sunday. And he and he was successful everywhere he lined up too. He's not human. Yeah, he was, he's, he's too much. And the rest of that defense is there to play too. I, I like the way that whole – I mean, that secondary is fantastic. Now they're going to run against better quarterbacks and that better wide receivers. But and Garrett Wilson was – he was Garrett Wilson. I mean, he's, he's a special player. Yeah. He really, really is. I hope he doesn't spend his entire career with the New York Jets, though. Wow. <laughs> man. Oh, man. Yeah, you feel for him too, right? He, he gets a chance to, you think, play a season with one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And well, that yes. guy lasts only 75 seconds, which is longer than you usually last, I heard, Buck. Absolutely. And then his season is over, and now he's stuck with Zach Wilson again. But yeah, Garrett Wilson had that long touchdown run after catch. Did have a drop, but, you know, he's he's still really good. There's no doubt about that. You know, watching the rest of the NFL, BK, I'm, yep. I'm looking at the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. They, you know, they had to make a decision on what they were going to do with him, in the, you know, when he got hurt with that calf injury early. And I thought that Joe Burrow would just be playing in his first game next week. The week coming up next week uh, in the NFL, I thought they were going to leave him out for about three, at least three games, three or four games. They just decided that in that con- with the conference that they're in, I mean, with their division, they couldn't afford to do it. And now they're zero and two, and he's hurt again. Yeah. And now they're going to have to sit him. He's going to have to sit. He can't. Well, they can't. They can't do this and keep doing this every week with him. They should have just let him. You know, they've come back before. They've been down. But you need a healthy Joe Burrow for them in order for them to win. They can't do it without that guy playing, being healthy. Yeah, the Bengals have to be kicking themselves right now, right? Like, yeah, oh yeah, they took a chance. Yeah, they 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 were like, okay, we don't want to be zero and two, so we're going to rush Joe Burrow back and make sure he can play in these first two games. Well, the Bengals are zero and two, and like you said, Joe Burrow reaggravated that calf injury, so now he might actually have to miss some time. The Bengals or he, play the or he may have to play, or he may have to. Right. Oh, they, yeah. Now it's now it's like, what do you do? You know, it's yeah. like you, you don't want to fall to zero and three. The Rams are coming to town this weekend, and right. the Rams look better. Uh, they hung with San Francisco for a while. The Niners ultimately pulled away and got that win yesterday. But the Rams are obviously better right now than they were last year. That's not a gimme game by any stretch. No. And it's especially not a gimme game if you don't have Joe Burrow under center. So yeah, that the Bengals they. I get it, man. You want your quarterback to play. You give him that big contract. You want him there for all 17 games. And uh, clearly he was medically cleared to play, so they figured he'd be fine. Sure. They're 0-2, and that calf thing is lingering now for Burrow. So it was going to be that way no matter what. If he would have mm-hmm. held out for – if they would have held him out for four games, he still was going to get a tweak somewhere. 
but it could have been that tweet could have come in week eight or whatever it is. Now yeah. it's every week now for him. So you're yep. going to have to either do one thing. And he wants to play. You know he's going to want. He want he's going to want to toughen it out because he understands where they are. Zero and two, and especially in division play, that it's it's just going to get nasty for him. And Lamar Jackson looked fantastic yesterday. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He really he, he looks he looks good. He he's he's back in form, and you know he's throwing the ball ball well. He's got the the kid Save Flowers from Boston College that can go down the field for him. That's a different offense now when he has weapons to throw down the field. And he's continuing to get a little bit more accurate the more he plays. So look for him to – once again, I saw him take a weird hit on the sideline where he could have just walked out of bounds and he decided to make a cutback inside. He'd already had a first down. And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to – he's got the first down. Just step on out of bounds. No, he decided to make a cutback and get tackled on his lower body and go down. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Hmm. Come on, guy. Yep. You know it's bad for Cincinnati when you're allowing Nelson Aguilar to catch touchdowns. No, you. I will say this for the Bengals: the good news is they started last year zero and two. They did and ended up playing in the AFC Championship game. Obviously, the differentiator this year is the Joe Burrow injury. Uh, but don't write off the Bengals yet. Don't count no. them out. I know they haven't looked great, and they've lost two divisional games. Right, not only just two games, but two games within the AFC North. But uh, yeah, don't don't close the book on Cincinnati yet. I'm closing the books on the Houston Texans. They're not going to the playoffs. <laughs> you should have closed the book on them before the season started. What it took I'm, you two weeks? I'm closing the book on them. I uh, really am. Yeah, that they is... lost. They lost to the Colts, 31 to 20. Did you bet? Did your cousin really bet on the Texans yesterday, dude? If they were going to win one, that was the one. You know that, right? They'll that win one. That that's the only that was the one game that they could have won was yesterday. CJ Stroud was okay too. Yeah, that's I the liked good the way he played yesterday. Yep, CJ Stroud looked really really good. Uh, Thirty of forty seven, three hundred and eighty four yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Did take six sacks. I think more of that has to do with the Texans O line just being in shambles right now. Oh yeah, they're uh, missing some cats. Yeah, yeah. Passing game looked good. Nico Collins, best game of his career. Tank Dell, the rookie out of Houston. I think every college football fan remembers how good that dude was for a yep. few years with the Cougs. Uh, he looked great. Nice uh, game for him. Had his first NFL touchdown. Passing game was solid, but the O-line couldn't get anything going. They couldn't block for Damian Pierce in the run game at all. And then D'Amico Ryan's defense, Buck. Like, Oh, my goodness. Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew because Richardson got hurt. He got concussed on his second touchdown. They go to Gardner Minshew, who's solid. He's one of, if not the best backups in the NFL. But the Texans couldn't stop anybody. And that's supposed to be D'Amico's strong suit. And we're two games in, so I don't think any Texans fan has given up on that guy yet. But uh, that defense got absolutely torched in every way, shape, or form by Indianapolis yesterday. Yeah, I thought that Satino was going to win four games this year. I'm not quite sure. I'm yeah. I'm really not quite sure if they can win four games in the NFL. Yeah, and now it's like, uh-oh, we traded our first-round pick next year to go get Will Anderson, who's good. Not like Will Anderson's a bad player by any stretch, but that was obviously the fear on draft night when the Texans made that trade. And it was right. Like, yeah, you gave up your first-round pick to Arizona. Yeah, that means you expect to be good. I don't think the Texans expected themselves to make the playoffs this year, but – I don't think they expected to be one of the worst three teams in the NFL and True. have one of those top three picks next April. And uh, it's two weeks, but yeah, that was one of the more winnable games the Texans have this year. They were actually favored going into yesterday, and they couldn't find a way to get it done. They got ran out of their own building early. Now they go to Jacksonville 
next Sunday for Good week night. three. Yeah. yeah. Any other uh, – we'll obviously talk plenty of NFL throughout the week, but any other big observations or takeaways from what you saw yesterday? Well, I mean, I – I, I love Kansas City the way they bounce back against Jacksonville. That is a good Jacksonville team, by the way. Yeah. They're going to be good. They're they're going they're, they're still going to get it to get to the playoffs. But I, I mean, I watched them. I mean, the Cardinals, of course, tried to beat the Giants, and they just couldn't get find a way to get it done. I mean, the Giants come out of nowhere to win that football game. And is Saquon Barkley done for a while? Was that just an ankle injury? Because remember, he had a high ankle sprain uh, two years ago that kept him out for like forever. And I'm hoping that's not a – I mean, it looked like a lower leg injury again. So that that's scary. Yeah, I don't that's think why you don't pay. That's why you don't pay him a gazillion dollars. Right. Yeah, I don't think they uh, have announced exactly what the Saquon Barkley injury is. But, yeah, that, that sucks for them. Nice comeback by the Giants. Embarrassing that they were down 28-7 to against Man. a team that is trying to lose. And congratulations to the Cardinals, by the way. That was a big loss for them. They almost screwed it up. Yeah, they won that game yesterday. They almost uh, acted like the Texans. Yeah, but they uh, they found a way to uh, to lose it. The Giants that would have been a disastrous zero and two start for them. Uh, they find a way to get it done, but obviously it comes at a cost. Yeah, that that would be a huge blow to New York if Saquon does have to miss any amount of time. Yeah, I saw Tua is was upright throughout the game last night. Fall school. Yeah, fall school. Good job, Tua, and that team is pretty good. That's a that's a good team. Now New England's going to win some games here and there, but boy, are they struggling with trying to trying to really trying to run the ball? And Belichick's defense—they're like holding on for dear life because they have to because of that offense right now in New England. Yeah, it's kind of funny that Bill Belichick and Nick Saban are such good friends. Feels like their problems are pretty similar right now. Yeah, oh like yeah, they, they both have really good defenses, but uh, they can't figure it out on offense at all. And <laughs> I mean, any Texans fan, I was doing radio in Houston, obviously throughout most of the offseason. Uh, it's it's a dumb thing to do when you need to get your offense figured out and you hire Bill O'Brien as your offensive coordinator. <laughs> like, come on, really, Bill Belichick? You're the GOAT, and you're going to hire that dude to try to save your hey, The offense? only one that wants him back right now is Nick Saban. He's wishing – Bill, uh, yeah, he he does. I don't know. He man. doesn't like what he's got going on. And Tommy, what's that guy's name? Is it Tommy Reese? Yeah, he's like, oh my god, yeah. I got this guy. I don't know if any Alabama fan wants Bill O'Brien back, but yeah, obviously the offense in Tuscaloosa is a bit of an issue right now. There's no doubt about that. Nice win for the Dolphins. They go to two and zero. They've won their two games in two different ways. That's that's what really yeah. good football teams do. They won their first game against the Chargers with ridiculous offense. They won last night with uh, some good defense in the run game. Raheem Mostert, nice night for him. Boy, he's a good player. Yeah, if, he when, if he can stay healthy, he's good. He's got it all. He's got speed. He's got strength. And that offensive line is pretty good with the run. I, I was surprised how they ran the ball on New England last night. I, I was not expecting that. And that was, a, that was another little late night for me. On Saturday or Sunday morning, I was watching Colorado, Colorado State. Dude, what, you I stayed, stayed up? I stayed up for the entire ball game. <laughs> No I, way. I can't believe it. It's 1.30 in the morning. And they're, it's 1.15, 1.17, and that game is still going on. That's like the longest game in history, it seemed like. Yeah, it started really late, and then obviously a couple of overtimes didn't make things any quicker. I can't believe Dude, I was falling asleep. I could barely keep my eyes open for the end of that one. I'm impressed that you stayed up for that it. That was a good football game. That was all the hoopla before and all the bull crap that they had leading into that game. 
that was a good college football game. It really, really was. I was really surprised by Colorado State and how tough they were and how they hung in there. Yeah. That, 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 they're going to win some games too. They're going to be, that's a tough out for people now. As for Colorado, uh, that, as for Colorado, you've enjoyed your fun is about to come to an end this week and next week. Yeah. A tough yeah. two game slate coming up for the Buffs. They go to Eugene to take on Oregon. The Ducks, a 20 and a half point favorite to open up. So Vegas clearly on your side, thinking Colorado's magical start to the year is going to come to an end this weekend. And then Colorado welcomes USC next Saturday, the 30th. So, yeah, the uh, level of competition improves dramatically for Colorado over these next couple of games. But, yeah, Shador Sanders, give him credit, man, that 98-yard touchdown drive late in the fourth quarter to uh, force overtime. Big time. Big time stuff for him. And, yeah, look, uh, Colorado State's not very good. Um, Colorado's got some things to work on. Obviously, Travis Hunter getting hurt sucks. He's, like, just about everybody's favorite player. It feels like in college football – that was a cheap shot by that Colorado State kid who should have been ejected. I don't know how he wasn't. Uh, but, yeah, Colorado, they, they, uh, they're they lucky to escape with the win. But anybody who, who thinks this is like a playoff team or anything like yeah. that, I mean, come on. They, they've, they've got some building that they've got to do, clearly. Yeah, and they, they will start getting the kind of recruits they're looking for in the defensive line because that's where they need it. Yeah. They, they, they really can't hold up defensively. And, yeah, that yeah. was a cheap shot. I was surprised the people out of the stands didn't come out of that one. <laughs> that one was late, and that one was right underneath your your shoulder pads around that rib and that, you know, you get down there in the kidney area when you hit a guy late in the kidneys and you get an elbow in there. I don't think that – I know they're going to talk about bruise, probably bruised kidney or whatever, but, man, that was – he went that's, – that's a bad shot right there. That's a late shot, and that's a dirty shot. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right, let's uh, get back into the Longhorns here in a moment, but before we do that, some words to some of our great sponsors. Bucky? About uh, Dr. Danny and the crew at Texas Orthopedics. I love those folks now. And if you've got any problems, if you've got neck problems, back problems, ankle problems, knees problems, well, that's the group that you want to go to for sure. Now, they believe in surgical and how about this, non-surgical treatments, folks. Go to TXOrtho.com if you need to have help because they can do you. They are one of the leading uh, surgical groups in the state of Texas. TXOrtho.com, as I said, if you have to have surgery, which nobody wishes upon anybody, but if you have to do it, Christopher Danny, he is a surgeon. Chris Stockton, he's one of the surgeons there. They will get it done. And believe me, you're going there one time and they'll fix you all up. But they have non-surgical treatments too at Texas Orthopedics. Be a part of the gang at Texas Orthopedics. That's TXOrtho.com. Absolutely. Shout out to them for jumping on board with us at Texas Sports Unfiltered. And also... Shout out to one of our texters this morning. Yeah, we do have a text line. So if you're listening on the app and you want to chime in, you can do so. 512-222-9328. 512-222-9328. I guess if you're watching on YouTube, you can also text that as well or hit us in the YouTube comment line. But how about this text this morning? Just wanted to thank y'all for the recommendation of Olipop. Stuff is delicious. Come on now. Damn right. It is. Olipop. It is indeed delicious. Olipop is a new kind of soda. That's their slogan, and that's exactly what they are. Now, it tastes like the soda you grew up sipping, but what makes Olipop different? Well, it's actually good for you. Inside of every can, a blend of seven unique botanicals, plant fibers, and prebiotics. You're getting nine grams of fiber in every can of soda. Yes, there's only two to five grams per sugar in every can. 
of soda. Yes, hardly any calories as well, and the flavor is absolutely there. The classic flavors like cola, root beer, lemon lime. They've got cream soda, cherry cola, Dr. Goodwin, which is their version of a DP. If you're addicted to Dr. Pepper and you're looking for a healthier alternative, they've got you covered at Olipop. This stuff is fantastic. The texter also asked, can you buy them in a pack and not just singles? Yes, they have four packs and they have eight packs. You get the four packs at Target or Walmart. They've got the eight packs at Costco. Surprised they don't have like 80 packs at Costco. <laughs> how they usually operate, but they've got the singles. They've got the packs as well. Go get you some, man. This stuff got me back into soda. Because once again, it's, it's actually good for you and it tastes great as well. Shout out to Olipop for partnering with us here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. And one more shout out to 7-Eleven. Yes. Yeah, I was there. there. I'll I'll be over there to see Ashish. I'll be over there to see him this morning because I've got to get my Monday morning. That's right. Austin American Statesman. That's right. I got to pick that up. My hard copy this morning. I saw him over there on, I think it was Thursday or Friday. It was good to see him. And he loves what we're doing. He just loves it. And, And the folks that come in here are talking about this show with him. There you go. He's like, yes, he's letting them know that he's the owner and CEO of, that's right, of this very show right here, Texas Sports Unfiltered. He's letting the folks know. <laughs> and they are coming in by the droves, not just hanging out out front, but coming on in the store, getting those pizza. How about this? Slices of wonderful pizza. I'm going to have a slice of pizza today from 7-Eleven. That's where there I'm going to go. Yes. Now we're getting talking. in on the pizza. Yep, I was there on Saturday. There's one pretty close to where I live. I was getting gas for my car. I got some of those little pretzel pizza, uh, pretzel pieces. Nice. Yeah, that stuff was good. 7-Eleven, it's awesome, man. Ashish runs three Austin area 7-Elevens, the one on Monterey Oaks that the Buck and I go to, also one on 360 and Bee Cave, and the one on Lake Austin Boulevard as well. Shout out to 7-Eleven. Shout out to Ashish. Great people. Great stores. They've got everything you need to get you ready for game day and every day at 7-Eleven. All right, bud. I've got to ask you about this, BK. What what were your thoughts on when I know it was supposed to happen, but this Oklahoma Sooner team that's now playing absolutely nobody in the preseason games. I mean, I I call them preseason games, but we know what they are. They are preseason games for them. Yeah, They have destroyed everybody they've played so far. I'll give Oklahoma a little bit of love. Okay. Because on a day where a lot of teams were playing down to their competition, yes, Texas included, uh, they did not do that. They ran all over Tulsa. 66-17 to 17 was the final score in that one. So um, OU's better than what they were last year. Now the they bar are. was very, very low, considering last year was their worst year since the John Blake era back in the 90s. But, um, yeah, no, they've, they've looked pretty impressive to this point. That defense – looks a ton better. You figured it would get better with Brent Venables going into year two. Dylan Gabriel stayed healthy. Uh, he was damn near perfect in that game on Saturday. So, yeah, look, I, I'm not ready to sit here and tell you that Oklahoma is a CFP contender. I don't think any Oklahoma fan is going to sit here and tell you that this is a college football playoff contender this year. But they look better than what they did last year. And their schedule, I mean, they didn't play anybody in the non-con, but they don't play too many good teams in conference no. either. Like, they play Cincinnati this weekend to open up big 12 play Cincinnati just lost to Miami of Ohio <laughs> the Mac on, attack. on Saturday. Yeah. How about the Mac going two and O against the big 12 this weekend? Goodness gracious. And then Oklahoma plays Iowa state 
who was the other Big 12 team that lost to a MAC team over the weekend, losing to Ohio State. Oh, no, 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 not Ohio State. Ohio U. U, that's on right. Saturday. The U, the U. So, yeah, so those are the uh, – those are the two, or not? Uh, yeah, those are the two games that Oklahoma has before the Texas game, obviously on October seventh. But I mean, Oklahoma doesn't have to play K State this year. Nope. They don't have to play Texas Tech this year. Not that Texas Tech looks all that good. But they will uh, get. Will they get Oklahoma State on the way out? Because there's a win. Yep, they do play in Stillwater this year. Um, look, the Big Twelve is not that good, honestly. Starting to look at Texas's schedule, it's like, well, there are a lot of winnable games for the Longhorns here too. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Oklahoma, they've got a very, very good shot to uh, get to Arlington at the end of the year. And even though they went 6-7 and seven last year, some of it, I'm sure, is OU fan hubris, but some of it is the schedule sucks, so I we know. should is get that, to Arlington. That, are they – will they be in – when it starts – when we start looking at teams moving up in the rankings, will they – if they were to beat Texas in October – and go on. Do they have a good enough team to make it to it? I mean, even with a bad schedule, I mean, you were going to move them right up, aren't they? Yeah. If, if Oklahoma runs the table and yes, which the table, the number three team, yeah, it, it could include two wins over Texas, right? Like, yeah, yes. they're going to make the college football playoff. Now, right. I would still think a one-loss Oklahoma would make it to the CFP, um, even though the non-conference schedule sucks. Like a one-loss means they probably beat Texas once and lost to. Texas once sure uh I don't think Oklahoma's only going to lose one game though like I I think they'll lose a couple this year even though their schedule's not good at all uh I, I still don't think this is a team that goes like 11 and one through the regular season I don't think they're a playoff caliber team and I don't think they'll be in that conversation going into a conference championship Saturday but credit where credit's due Dylan Gabriel looks yeah. great uh didn't see Art Bryles at the game on Saturday so Congrats. They got all Oklahoma. that straightened out. Good. That's a step in the right direction. And, uh, boy, how about Oklahoma State before we get back into the Texas game? Wow. They got boat raced by Team USA, the University of South Alabama. I mean, really? They got – what was the final? Like 33-7? to 7? Do I have that right? Uh, is that not what Lee – didn't Lee think that was going to be a close game? He, he called that one, did he not? Yeah, he said Oklahoma State was going to win, but he said take South Alabama with the points. So. Right. You know, if you did that, then you won your bet. But yeah, thirty-three to seven, the final score. Come on, Gundy, that wasn't even on national TV. Generally, you choke on national TV. I'm mad, wow. dude. Like I, going into the year, I'm like, oh, thank God, Texas doesn't have to play Oklahoma State because Gundy's kind of had our number in recent years. Now it's like, shit, these guys suck. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they I do. wish we could play those fools. Yeah, weird. Uh, weird weekend of the Big Twelve. Kansas escaped Nevada. That's a weird late Saturday night game oh, yeah. and until after midnight, they got to win, but the big 12 is just not very good. It's worse than we thought it was going to be. And we thought it was going to be pretty freaking bad. And yeah, Nick with a great comment. There are two big 12 teams that are ranked in the top 25 right now, Buck. They are Texas and they are Oklahoma. Oh yeah. Collision course. The SEC are the two teams ranked. I get it. It's week three. But how funny is that, that the it's two great teams are those two? It's great. We need that to come true. We need we need that. We need those two in the Big 12 championships. And, and winner of that is going to play in the Final Four. That is – that's. I'm sorry about that, your mark. That is going to hurt you really, really badly. He's going to get COVID or swine flu oh, or Y2K. He will disappear. Just not show up. Oh, man. All right. Let's, uh, let's hear from Sark. We've got – 
a positive cut and a kind of negative cut. Buck, which one do you want to start with here? Let's start out with the positive cut. Okay. Steve Sarkeesian was asked about his team's fourth quarter success, and it's been there, right? Two weeks in a row where Texas has overcome either tie games or deficits going into the fourth quarter and found a way to win by double digits. They outscored Alabama 21 to eight last Saturday. They outscored Wyoming 21 to nothing a couple of days ago. Here's Sark talking about his team's fourth quarter success. Not to have to wait till the fourth quarter, but it is a little bit comforting to know that we, that we can play the, that way in the fourth quarter. This is back-to-back weeks of 21 point fourth quarters. Um, again, I think there's a, there's a lot of credit to that. I think there's a credit to our strength and conditioning program, um, the, the, con, you know, the condition that our team is in, that they can play that way in the fourth. I think there's a lot of credit to the coaches making the proper adjustments in-game at halftime and in-game to adjust to what's happening in the ball ballgame. Um, I think there's a lot of credit to the players and their psyche and keeping their poise and keeping their confidence and, and knowing that if we just continue to execute, good things will happen. And so, you know, this offseason and two offseasons ago, all I heard about was we weren't a fourth quarter team and that we, we didn't play well in the fourth quarter. So um, it's like anything in football. You guys hear me say it all the time. You, you, you Generally in, in our sport, you get what you emphasize. And we've made a huge emphasis on our ability to finish games uh, and playing that way in the fourth quarter. And I can't pick two better weeks, back-to-back weeks in a row of us playing our best football in the fourth quarter. That's positive. I like it. My, He's right. My, just pound that rock. Pound that rock in the fourth quarter. Make them pay. Make the, make the opponents in the Big 12, make these defenses. If, if, you're, if you look at your stat sheet, which, once again, somebody can tell you about it. Sorry about that, Ricky, that you only had 990 yards in your freshman year and somebody didn't get you the extra 10. That was not my job, okay? Somebody looks at the stat sheet and you're the running back coach, you know where you are run-wise. You, you have a feel that you're, you know, we've rushed pretty well in this game. Coach, let's just run this ball down Wyoming's guts right now. Let's make them pay. Let's, yeah. let's help our guys continue to know how physical they can be, you know, not just in the fourth quarter, but we got to start this in the first quarter now. And go ahead and get us 200 yards. Give me a back for 200 yards. They had a guy that could have rushed for 200 yards in the game. I'm like, it's, it's almost worse than not getting the tight end the ball. It's almost worse than having your nose guard catch more passes than your tight end caught. <laughs> You're all American. You're all everything. Uh, oh, he's got the great best hands on your football team. Okay, then why don't you throw it to the nose guard for a touchdown then? Yeah, you're not going to let that one go, are no, you? No, I don't, I don't, I'm still not. No, I'm not going to let that one go. And I'm definitely not going to let the fact that a kid rushes for 160, could have had 200, and you're still flinging it around. For what purpose? There's no reason to. You're gonna, you are gonna crush them in the run game. Let your offense know that when we, when we start to run it, we're not gonna stop running it. We don't have to throw it in order to win the football game. We can run it down your throats. And Wyoming was starting to lay back. BK, they were starting to roll over in the run game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, guys were heads were down. They were rolling down. They could have just rushed the ball as much as they wanted to. They could have got sweeps outside. They could have done whatever they wanted to in the run game. But they had to go cutesy. They want. They had to make sure that Quinn Ewers get his throws in there and so that the wide receivers could get their drops in there. Yeah. He only I mean, threw it. He only threw it 21. Like, Texas didn't have the ball that much on Saturday. I mean, Wyoming kind of executed its game plan to perfection, right? We talked about it during the pregame show on Saturday. When you're David going up against Goliath. Shorten the game. Shorten the game. Control the clock. Wyoming had the ball for 38 minutes. 
Texas only had it for 21. Now, a lot of that has to do with Texas just not being able to pick up first downs or really do anything offensively in the first three quarters. But, right. uh, I mean, Wyoming, like, the Texas offensive numbers look ugly. It's not like Texas threw the ball, but they went through it 21 times. Like, they ran it more than they threw it. They just they didn't hey, have the ball. Hey, let's run it much. some more. Hey, let's run it 18 more times. And you can throw it three times. Who cares? Run mm-hmm. it. If you're you're that is the most punishing thing in football is to run the ball down somebody's guts where they can't take it anymore. I will say this: the it's two weeks in a row where Steve Sarkeesian has opened up a game. Maybe it's two of the first three, three straight weeks. passes. Yeah, three straight passes. Now Texas got behind the chains because of the false start, so maybe that adjusted what Sark wanted to do. Right? Maybe the first and ten play was a run, or maybe the second and ten play was supposed right. to be a run after an incompletion, but. You got first and 15, and then second and 15, and then third and 15. Then maybe that uh, amended what Sark wanted to do there. But yeah, I, I, I did find that weird that a couple of times this year, considering Sark normally is a run first type of play caller, and Texas has some good running backs. I, I'm a little surprised to see just such an emphasis on passing early to set up the run. I would like to see that changed a little bit too. But the good news is it's two weeks in a row. This goes into the fourth quarter success. Yes. Where they've also been able to run the ball to ice games yes. in the fourth quarter. Like that's that's a good skill to have because uh, Texas has not always had that, especially in the first two years of Sark, but even before Sark, you know, Texas didn't have the ability to put games on ice with their rushing attack. Well, they've been able to do that two weeks in a row. Obviously, the big drive against Alabama that took the final seven minutes and 14 seconds off the clock and then to do what they did in the fourth quarter, really throughout the entirety of the fourth quarter against Wyoming. Like, that's good to see. I'd prefer that to happen in the first three quarters, but the fact that uh, we know when Texas needs to pick up hard-earned yards on the ground late in games, they've been able to do that, that's pretty good. And that's due, and that's due to their physicality and their, their training, too. That's, that's a part of that, too. It's been a hot summer everywhere, and this group looks in great shape. You don't see very many winded guys out there on the ta- on the defense or the offense. It looks like they're ready to go. I'm really I'm really sickened by that kid getting hurt too. That 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 hurt the depth of that offensive line. Oh yeah. So early in the football game, I was like, wow. I hope that's just a slight injury. That's you know it's going to be week to week. But I it didn't it didn't look it didn't look very good. Okay, what is no. Sark? What's what's the good Sark we got? Yeah, Sark. Real quick on that front um, after the game. We'll get an update from Sark today about Cole Hudson. But uh, after the game, yeah, Sark said maybe not as bad as we originally thought, but he said couple, three weeks. It's kind of the very quick timeline that he had given in regards to Cole Hudson. So uh, I don't think there's any chance he plays against Baylor. It looked pretty bad. It looked like something that could have been season-ending. The hope is that it's not, right? I saw somebody roll up on him a little bit. Yeah, and his leg was kind of bending in a different direction. Yes. what you wanted to see, so – We'll get that update from Sark a little bit later. Hopefully not too bad. The good news is Texas does have some depth on the offensive line. They've got the five-star DJ Campbell who gets inserted back into the starting lineup, but obviously Cole Hudson's a solid player who started a number of games here in Austin. Uh, Wish that dude the best, and hopefully he is back in the not-too-distant future. All right, the positive cut. Or excuse me, the negative cut. We play the positive cut. Yes, Here's the negative. The, the kind of negative cut. Now, Sark sort of spins this into a positive thing like he always does. He's the eternal optimist. But he said it, and he's right. Texas can't just rely on flipping the switch, right? They did it in the second half against Rice after a sluggish first half. Uh, they did it against Alabama in the fourth quarter. And obviously, they did it against Wyoming in the fourth quarter. 
Sark, though, saying that this team can't rely on just being able to do that every Saturday. You, you can't rely on that. You know, we got to make sure that we don't lose um, our stinger of being a great fo- first half football team, which we've been historically over the first two seasons, is that we're really dialed into the game plan and guys go executed at a high level. And so I want to make sure we get back to that uh, because that that was definitely strength of ours. Um, but you know, ultimately, you know, that's, that's coaching, right? We got to come in here on Monday morning and we got to point out areas where we can improve initially, um, and, and make sure that our psyche is right and that we're dangerous from, from the opening kick and not waiting till we got to have it moments. I mean, we got to have it once that ball's kicked off in the first quarter. Yeah. I don't see a hangover here coming up this week. It's Baylor. There's no, there's no, there's no hangover. There's, there's nothing emotional about the fact that, that you're playing the Baylor Bears in Waco. And guess what? It's the start of conference play. And you want to get off to a great start if you're, if you're going to be in it to win this, you know, Big 12, Big 12 championship. Nothing. There are people patting you on the back. That should go. People are going to see that you need to go back to work. Now the ones that thought, BK, that you may have a little bit of a hangover that pat you on the back are going to look at you and say, oh, I had, I had money on you this week. Hmm. Damn it. You, I mean, come on now. Let's go. Let's get no. back to work. They won't pat you on the back as much as they did this week as they did for the Alabama game. It'll be a different type of, hey, let's get going here. That was way too close for comfort. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And this is a bad Baylor team. We'll obviously preview yes. Texas and Baylor a lot over the course of the week. But and we're talking about a Baylor team that lost to Texas State at home by double digits to open up the year. Then they lost to Utah with a backup quarterback, and they choked that one away down the stretch. The Bears are – Finally, in the win column, after beating FCS Long Island, the Ice Tees, on Saturday. <laughs> this is a, a very down Baylor team right now, and this is a game that Texas should win. Held their 14.5-point favorites. They're expected to win this game by a couple of scores. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Sark, Sark's right. Like, you can't just rely on flipping the switch. Right. This can't be something that Texas does every game where they're either down or tied going into the fourth quarter. And then, oh, oh, it's the fourth quarter. We're fine. We're good in the fourth quarter. This is no big deal. We'll figure this out. Like, that's that's Molly Hatchet flirting with disaster right there. Like, Absolutely. you've got to be a four-quarter football team. Now, against most of these teams in the Big 12, you can play with your food a little bit, maybe get away with it. But if you are trying to be a playoff team – if you are trying to compete at the highest level, which, hey, you're ranked number three in the country, so you should be trying to compete at the highest level of the sport, not just in your league. Uh, you've got to be able to play more complete football games for all 60 minutes versus just, uh, we just had one bad half or one bad stretch. Like, I get it. It's not going to be perfect. It's never always going to be perfect, but it'd be nice to see a little bit more consistency, especially on offense. The defense has been great through three games. Yes, they've given up a couple of big plays. Once again, you're never going to be perfect, but the defense is doing its job. The offense just has to find a way to do more over the course of four quarters versus just flipping that switch that Sark talked about yeah. and uh, doing it late in the game. Well, You're not going to have to have individuals call for player-only meetings this week. The coaches are going to call players in their meetings and say, listen, you got to do a better job than that. I mean, we're to start out. We can't, be, we can't have false starts. Can't have you guys dropping the ball. Can't have running backs coughing it up going inside. Can't have wide receivers dropping. Quinn, yours has the, your footwork has to be better. I have to be on you about your footwork. Take the camera out there. Show you the film of yourself still throwing off a of one leg, throwing the ball up for grabs, not setting your feet on crossing routes. Got a guy in a slot open 
on the sideline. You can't throw it into the stands. Got to hit him right on the numbers. Guy wide open for a big play. You can't throw that ball. That ball, BK, you could have thrown that for a, to complete that pass and one pass that he overthrew on yep. the side. I mean, that's, you just can't do that. And that's all your footwork. That's, that has nothing to do with your arm. You got a great arm. You got the ball there. I mean, but your footwork, you know, you, you have one foot in front, one to the side. You're not throwing to the target. You're just your you're, your arms throwing to the target, but your body's going away from the target. You got to stop that. Yeah, it was a bad game for Quinn Ewers. Like, there's there's no way around it. Now he didn't get a ton of help. You talked about the drops. Uh, I thought Steve Sarkeesian was more conservative than an Amish guy in the bedroom. Uh, the, the play calling didn't make a lot of sense at times. But I mean, Quinn Ewers was bad. I mean, his stats tell the story. About eight for seventeen for fifty four yards at halftime. 3.7 yards per attempt against, once again, a secondary that was ranked in the 110s going into this game. Like Tyler Shuck for Texas Tech. I know Tech lost that game, and we're happy we're not Tech for That's right. reasons. But Shuck threw for 338 yards against that Wyoming secondary. Portland State, the FCS team that Wyoming played last Saturday, they threw for 254 yards against this Wyoming defense. And Quinn Ewers, over the course of the game, had only 131, and a lot of those came on the Xavier Worthy run after catch where Quinn Ewers just threw a little swing screen and Worthy took it the distance because he's Xavier freaking Worthy and he's awesome. Uh, Ewers just was not good. And you said it, Buck. Like, if you're going to be the guy to call the team meeting, to hold everybody else accountable, to make sure that they come into the game with the same mindset that they had at sure. Alabama, You've got to play better. You can't be the yeah. guy yelling at everybody else to do better, and then you you go out there and lay an egg. Like, he was inaccurate. He had some bad reads. He took that awful sack, which took Texas out of field goal range on their one offensive possession that they had in the third quarter. He like, threw up a pass that should have been intercepted. Right? He threw them, Anybody. yeah, in the first quarter. Yeah, he, like, he, he was not good enough. He was not good enough. So this is, this, like, the cigar picture, you know? Like that's right, yeah. I, I was cool with that. Celebrate that. You did something that very few people do against Alabama in that building. Celebrate it. Enjoy it. But you, like, this is what marred Texas last year. This is why they couldn't get to the Big Twelve title game last year. Quinn Ewers was inconsistent. He would have one amazing game, and then he would have one game like he had on Saturday. That if Texas is going to win this league, and if Texas is going to be a playoff team this year and have a shot at a national title, they cannot have that rear its ugly head. We cannot be no. talking about a bad Quinn Ewers performance every other game. Because right now, like week one, third quarter, he was great. But the first half was not good. And then the first three quarters on Saturday were not good. Like we, we cannot be doing this with Quinn Ewers every other Monday that you and I have a show. It's going to be a problem. Well, and, and the head coaches needs to find out that what you saw on film last year, the team that you play against, they're in it to win games too. They're not going to give you the games by showing you exactly. I mean, you've been in football long enough to understand there's going to be some different things thrown at you. And the whole game plan for these other teams from this point on, everybody knows you have better athletes. They're not going to line up like they normally line up and play you. They're just not going to do that. They're going to have all kinds of crazy wrinkles that they've never done before. So you can't come there Monday and say, well, they did some things a little bit different than we thought they were going to do. Yeah. Okay, well, then pay another coach. Find another assistant coach that that's all he does. Tell me the different things that they're about to do. They're doing these different things, coach, because you can't keep saying that. That's what they're doing. They're trying to win, too. They're not there to show up. They're not there just 
to have you beat them into the ground by 60. That's not what the opposing team's there to do. The teams you play against are there to win the game also. Right. right can't be right, surprised right. by what they do. You can't keep saying, well, they did some different things. I knew that was coming this week. I knew it was going to be all about, well, we had a different quarterback. We were expecting this guy. Here's what he does. This other quarterback, we weren't expecting him to be accurate, stand tall in the parking, throw the ball with velocity. We were expecting that crappy quarterback to play who was going to throw picks all day. That's what we were expecting. Well, it didn't happen. Yeah. I don't know. I think Sark was talking more about the Texas offense than the oh, Texas defense. Oh, no, he was talking about there. No, he was talking about the guys jumping off sides and doing stuff. That, that's what he's talking about. He's just talking about the, the sloppiness of the football team. He, I, 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 there was no point in that game where I thought, I, I, even in the fourth quarter, BK, I thought they were going to lose that football game. They just had somewhere, somehow, one of those athletes was going to make a play, whether interception to the house or – you know, Xavier Worthy down the sideline, just out athletic and people, or maybe even a tight end down the middle or something. Oh, no, I never thought they'd throw to the tight end. I was right. Oh they didn't. God. They didn't throw to the tight end. You know, that great tight end, one of the best in America? Yeah, yeah it, they, they didn't do a lot right offensively in the first three quarters. And the passing game numbers, the eye test, it was all pretty ugly for Texas. But as we've said it throughout this morning, and we'll continue to say it, the good news is they won. And they won by 21. So That's right. if, you bet on, if you or your cousin bet on Texas, <laughs> you're an idiot. But <laughs> obviously you're disappointed with what took place on Saturday. But they found a way to get the job done. Yes, That's they did. what matters most. And, yeah, the fourth quarter, they figured it out. And it's just put, put the last two years together, right? Like last year, Texas was a great first-half team. They stunk in the second half. This year, Texas is – I don't know, like they haven't stunk in all three games because they were no. fine. They had a lead at halftime in Tuscaloosa, but they've been not consistently good in the first half. And obviously in the fourth quarters of these games, they've been able to turn it on and play really, really well. So and that's if, and once again, those two things combined, please. And once again, folks, if there was going to be a game that you would expect something like that to happen, it was going to be this game. It yeah. really was after what happened in Alabama. It just was a week of, a lot of cheers, a lot of arm, you know, a lot of guys with people with their arms around them telling them this. It's just hard that you have to mentally, you got to take that and just get rid of that and get on the field and get back to work. It's not that easy to do. It's not that simple. It's just not that simple. But they were good enough to win by 20 points. What you know, uh, 21 points, they were they were good enough to get that part done. Excuse me, Buck. What uh what did you think of the drone show? I know you weren't at the game and I wasn't either, but did you see they showed some of it on Longhorn Network, I think, going into the fourth quarter. All those drones that made the uh, the hook'em and then the oh, was, tower. Oh, oh, no, I didn't get a chance to see it because there were at times where we'd come back and a play would just start be go- would be going. We'd had missed two plays with the Longhorn Network. You know, they came uh, back too late. They were a yeah. little off, and they're, they're, you know, getting to have their first game too. So they had to work out some of the kinks, and some of them were bad. It's like, so it, what down is it, though? It's Oh, it's third down. It's third down? Yeah. I mean, really, guys? Yeah, that's uh, the last ever football game on the Longhorn Network. At least that's the hope right now. Yes, for sure. That's the last one scheduled for the remainder of this season. And when uh, Lowell Galindo and Fozzie Whitaker signed off at the very end of the broadcast, they basically said that, yeah, this is it for us. And no disrespect to those dudes, but I don't think any Texas fan is too upset that we won't have to watch games on LHN any more it was pretty funny at halftime 
you know, they have their LHN halftime show with our guy Alex Loeb and oh, yeah. Michael Griffin and uh, Brian Robinson. Those were the three dudes there. And at the very end of the halftime show, Loeb was like, all right, guys, give me one word to describe the first half. And Brian Robinson said, disturbing. That's the <laughs> yeah. word he used. Like, yeah. Those guys were pissed. You, know, you oh. think the fans care. Of course the fans care. We care. Everybody watching and listening cares, and we care that y'all care. Thank you for caring. But uh, those former players, man, they take this shit personal. <laughs> oh, they and, do. And oh, Griff, I know Michael does. We know Michael Griffin takes it personal. Yep, Griff and Robinson were pissed at halftime, and I'm sure they're not thrilled with just the entire game as a whole either. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was that was pretty funny there. Yeah, it, it's um, – I'll just – I'll say this. It's – it, it, it's it's a tough it, it's a tough deal when you go on the road and you win a huge game, but you won that game. You come back home, and once again, like you know, as a player, there are people in those seats going, "We're going to screw this up." You know, they're going to screw this up. Oh, yeah. and so you're, you're 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 fighting that in your mind, but you're also fighting some of the things that you, as a player, you got to get done. There was work that you needed to get done this week, and I don't care what they showed you. There were times where you it was you one-on-one versus the guy on the other side. And too many times early in, in, in the beginning of that game, even for a half of that game, those guys, some of those guys on the other side won some of the battles. I hate to see that. Yeah. That yeah. because that this was a much better team that went out there. And once again, if you're shoving the ball down somebody's throat, and I know you want to throw it, and I know you like to get cute and show them that you can do something, and you've got this wonderful quarterback and these great, great wide receivers. But if you can physically punish somebody and you can still do it in the fourth quarter and punish them throughout the game and you can run the clock out, well, the fans may not be excited. Let me tell you something. The guys on that team that play on that offensive line and that defensive line and play defense and that clock is moving and you're punishing people with four- and five-yard clips in the fourth quarter, you can keep doing it. There's a, you don't have to get cute. Yep. You can punish that team. That teams on the other side hate that. They hate when you run the ball down their throats. They can't and you can't and they can't stop it. Nothing that they can do can stop it. You had a team in that position, I thought, on Saturday to do just that. What? Uh, I know. What? I know you you wanted to see the fancy because you like your – it's like you like your hamburger really, really fancy. You like to well, put that's, – that's, to, to me, throwing the football is not fancy. That's, that's what you have to do. I don't think that's getting too cute. I, like you've got a guy who had the third best Heisman odds – in the country going into that game on Saturday. I wonder what those odds look like today. Yeah, and you've got a bunch of talented receivers and tight ends. Like, to me, it's not getting cute if you're you throwing the ball. Tight end? You said the word tight end? Oh, my Again? God. All right, moving on. The tight moving. tackle? The tackle? Yeah, that play worked. I don't know why you're so mad. That play worked. That was one of the few plays that did work for Texas on offense <laughs> in the first half. It was a good call. It was a good call. Set up very, very well. Yes, yes. Uh, what did you think of the ref, by the way? That was our first taste of Big 12 officiating. This year, that was I a didn't like it. Crew. I, and I knew that, cr- and I didn't like it. Now, that guy, Kevin Marr, is his name, yes. and Marr translates to C in Spanish. And that guy's a C level ref. And that might be me being too nice. That crew sucks, and we've had that crew so many times in recent years. I was watching with my folks uh, on Saturday night, and it was just like right when I saw that ref, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Here we go. This guy, this crew. They sucked on Saturday. Hey, get ready because it's about to happen now. Yep, that's it's going to be like that the uh, the rest of the way. 
All right, some more love to a few more of our great sponsors. Bucky, the chair you're sitting in. How about our friends at Relax the Back? Love and Relax the Back and, and Jason Caldwell and the gang over at Relax the Back because for years and years, folks, believe me, I've been looking for the kind of support that was going to help my lumbar area. I had thoracic back surgery, major surgery, reconstructed my thoracic back. So I needed to have a chair that I was going to be comfortable in every time I sat in it, not just every once in a while. And I don't want to take a bunch of pills and things to make myself feel good. So I had to have that chair and my couch, love my couch for sleeping on, for sitting up on, not so much. So I had to have a chair that was going to do it. And the folks that relaxed the back gave me a wonderful chair and I can't be happier and my body can't be happier. Believe me, relax the back embraces the holistic approach for a healthier lifestyle. And my back, as I said, couldn't be happier. And they've been doing this for over 35 year, years for sure. Heal and recover, work smarter, sleep, reimagine and live pain free with relaxed back. They've got a store in B Caves at the Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free like the buck with Relax the Back. Absolutely. And shout out to our friends at the Altstadt Brewery. Well, yes. Altstadt beers watching Texas play for a while on <laughs> Saturday. I was out at Cover 3 enjoying the game, having a few Altstadt beers there with my folks. My fridge at home is stocked with it. And look, if you're like me, if you're hitting the town, going to your favorite sports bars and restaurants to watch football this season, make sure you're asking your bartenders, waitresses, waiters, servers, whoever, manservants, if that's what there, you call if them. That'd be the case, yes. <laughs> Ask whoever for Altstadt beer. You go through a lot in this life. Reward your taste buds with the best beer that you could possibly find. That is Altstat beer. No impurities, no regrets. And also shout out to CentexTickets.com. We know it's a road game this weekend, but if you want to go up to Wacko, you can get tickets to see the Longhorns take on the Baylor Bears over at CentexTickets.com. Tickets to every game, every team, every sport, all year round. Plus concert tickets. Did you get those? Uh, Got them all set up yeah, for, for Marie Osmond. Yeah, everything was good. For who? Was it Marie Osmond that she was going to go see? Nelly, Marie Osmond? Nelly Furtado? No. Okay. Former. Uh, Gina Lola Brigida? No. Who did she see? I, she saw. I, I already told you who it was. Who was it? Who's Gina? Gina what? Oh, no. You can't get it now because I have so many I don't names. Know, who are you talking about here? Gino no, Toretta? Gino, Gino Toretta was not out at Coda. Lana Del Rey? Lana Del Rey. And we listened to some Lana Del Rey music. Yeah, we did during the pregame show or before the pregame show. Yeah, I'm going to think about that one. I won't have that (laughs) on my playlist probably. You're out on her, huh? Obviously very talented. And, yes, Sentex tickets and the gang, they can get all of those kind of tickets for you. When Andre Buccelli, that's right, that's my music. When Andrea Buccelli comes back to town, believe me, they'll have it just for you. Shelby and the gang will have those type of tickets that you need. Broadway, Vegas. Hey, we got to get ready for a Super Bowl trip to Vegas, too. That's right. Vegas, baby. Yeah. Sports unfiltered in Sin City. Love that thought. Yes. Uh Uh-oh. That's a dangerous thought. Every big event, we will be there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. A few more sponsors to give some love to. Woods Comfort Systems. If something is wrong with your AC unit, don't wait. Call the great people at Woods Comfort Systems. They will take care of you. They've been in business for more than six decades here in Central Texas. If you're building a home that needs AC or if your current AC ain't working the right way, call our friends at Woods Comfort Systems at 512-842-5066 or check them out online at woodscomfortsystems.com. Love their slogan, Woods Comfort Systems, where comfort is our middle name. 
They're, they're, they're watching and listening to all our shows. They love it. Yes. Gang, they just love it. We love them too, man. They're, they're the absolute best at what they do. They also have plumbing services as well. So if you're uh, eating a bunch of Taco Bell like I am and you need some what? help, go ahead and uh, give them a call too. If I call David, he'll be like, dude, I'm not helping you out. No, you're no, no. Just own, leave it. We're going to leave that one alone. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. And uh, Last Stand Hats as well. Go to their website, laststandhats.com. We're working on getting some gear for you people. That's right, Texas Sports Unfiltered gear for you people, thanks to laststandhats.com. And also, shout out to Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment as, re- as well. Excuse me. If you need tools to get any job done, they can help you with rentals and sales. They're the best. They've been the best in Austin since 1996. Two Austin area locations to best serve you. One up north in Anderson Square. Drove by that one yesterday. One down south on South 1st Street as well. Topgun.net. We will shoot you straight. Buck, obviously we've got plenty of Texas football and football conversation in general to discuss all throughout the course of the week. But any final parting thoughts on a uh, Monday show from what you saw from the Horns on Saturday night? Well, I mean, I think it's a team that will continue to – I mean, they're going to continue to grow. This isn't, this, they're not stagnant right now because they had a slow start. This was a game that I thought that if it could happen, it was going to be this game. I mean, what other game would there would there be that you that you you lose a little bit of the luster, you know, after being a team like Alabama and it's been a probably been a crazy weekend for the players, been a crazy week of practice. Some of your thoughts just kind of wander off back to the Alabama game when you're even thinking about a team like Wyoming, just kind of human nature stuff, you know. It it, it happens to a lot of athletes that those kind of things would happen. But the most important thing was you won the game and you get, still have the ability to learn from it. You know, it's, it's not learning from a loss. It's still learning from a team that you just beat by 21 points. Oh, my God, you're never really in jeopardy to me of losing that game. It's just a matter of fact that here's what you can't do. You can't then come up on a Monday. You and I can't be talking about how they lost the game because some of those little things became that snowball effect. But that thing just kept going down that hill and that snowball kept getting bigger and bigger and you didn't stop it. You found a way to stop it in the fourth quarter. You're becoming a pretty good fourth quarter team because some of the things that you've done during the heat of this summer, your team looks like they're in great shape. It looks like they have plenty of depth, so you can get that done in that way. It looks like there's tons of people that can play on your team, that you can substitute guys in and out of the football game and not really miss a beat. But you get you got you, you can't start games with illegal procedures. You got to straighten that out. You got to button that up. That's part of the coaching. But as you said last week. This won't be about the coaching. Your quarterback called a meeting. Your quarterback called a team meeting. Co- players only, coaches, you guys get out. You just get ready to go, coaches. We're going to make sure that our shit is together as players. Well, the guy that called the meeting was not one of the ones that had a better game. Now, he didn't have a poor game. He wasn't lousy, but he did some of the little things that can get you beat. So you got to be careful of, of that. I was, I was kind of weary of having that players meeting in game number two, just go back and practice, you know, just go do your thing, you know, and maybe some of that, by the way, maybe some of that, that, that he did with that players only meeting BK had them. So they won the game. So I'm not saying that the the players only meet that could be the reason that they won the game. They could have been shit really could have happened. Do you know what I'm saying? And maybe some of the, maybe some of the guys that could have drifted did not drift because of that players only meeting. So no, no players only meeting this week, please. No, no. You're in conference. You don't need to have a players only meeting. You got to beat the Bears. That's your now you're playing for a championship in your conference. Now one of your goal, one of your first goals is sitting there. And then the next week, you've got to make sure you take care of that. Then you'll you then you'll start all over again the following week. 
It's week to week right now. Yeah. The championship Texas, run is week to week. Texas should be able to beat the Baylor Bears. I think they'd beat the Chicago Bears right now if they played wow. them. Yikes. All right. Uh, oh, a couple of programming notes for today's show. Of course, Chaos Theory with Rodney and Wags is coming your way in a moment. But coming up at 11.15 today on Hanging with Harge, Major League Baseball Hall of Famer Chipper Jones nice. will be joining the program. That's right. Yeah, Harge and Chipper played all together in their professional careers. Chipper Jones, one of the best to ever do it. He will be on Texas Sports Unfiltered today at 11.15 with Harge. Great stories. Whenever those two guys get together, oh it is must-listen stuff. So do not miss that. Jeff Barker from CBS Austin. He actually makes his Texas Sports Unfiltered debut from 1 to 3. He'll be on with Trey. Somebody texted me earlier, did you fire Chip and Zay? No, not yet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not yet. No, on Mondays, no. they go from 3 to 5 because Chip's got to be on campus talking to Sark, talking to the players. So we, uh, we shift up the lineups on Mondays, but Chip and Zay can be heard today from 3 to 5 following Trey and Jeff Barker. From one to three today. It was really nice to meet the ladies on Friday, BK. That they're they're going to be wonderful. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Their show comes up on Wednesday. All right, Buck. Great show today. Talk to you tomorrow, my friend. All right, man. Listen, be safe out there. Hook them. You do the same. It's time now for Rodney and Wags.